I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his Envy. Episode 41. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of A Gay and His Envy. We are so excited to, to talk to you about everything that we've been watching this week. Uh, we have a lot to say, but before we get into all of that, uh, while you're listening to us, wherever you do listen to us, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, throughout uh, the podcast world, wherever that is, please leave a rating and review. We are so appreciative whenever you do that because it helps us get into the algorithm, helps us get seen by more people. So we are always, always so, so thankful whenever you leave a rating and review. Um, Be sure to also follow us across all our social media platforms, whether that be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or Threads, um, where we are posting new content there every day, um, including content that includes Includes uh, clips from the podcast, various other meme uh, potential uh, quality stuff. Uh, always got some new stuff over there, so go follow us across our social media. Also, you can get our merchandise over at agayandisnb.threadless.com, where we have t-shirts, mugs, uh, we have towels now, we have uh, stickers, various other items with a lot of great designs that you can uh, wear on your body, put in your home. And more coming soon. And if you have ideas for more designs, let a bitch know. Because, <laughs> like, I would love to have other people have creative ideas and put them on shirts. And if you've got a, a housewife saying or if you've got a, you know, something from somewhere that you want on a shirt, let me know. I'll stick it on the website and you can buy it. And that is over at a gay and his NB dot threadless.com be sure to check out all the merchandise over there uh also if you guys have a question for us uh that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast you can submit that to us across our social media platforms or at a gay and his nb dot uh gay and his nb at gmail.com not at threadless gay and his nb at gmail.com and we may answer that question on a future episode of the podcast babe what do we have in store this week in terms of lineup we have we have a new show this week we, we do. Uh, we have the long-awaited return of the Real Housewives of New York. Uh, we are extremely excited. We have an entirely new cast um, and an entirely person of color cast. Yes. Um, which is great. Um, like, we, we obviously have um, Potomac and Atlanta who, you know, like, started that whole thing. Um, but the you know, uh, New York is unique because it's coming back. Unique New York. Yeah, that's New what I thought. <laughs> uh, New York is unique because it has not had that traditionally and has not um, accurately represented the makeup of the city that it's in. And now it does in a, a fresh and new, exciting way. And we're excited to talk to you about that today. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Atlanta. The girls are going to Portugal, not Spain, Portugal. <laughs> um, and uh, some of them may have lost a few pounds on the way. Um, we'll get to it. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about Orange County. We're extremely excited about Orange County, as we are every week. Like uh, We were watching it this week, and we... I realized it's been seven episodes. It doesn't feel like seven episodes. No, not at all. Like, it's just, like, there's something to be said about, you know, time flying by when you're having fun. Um, But um, before we get to any of the Housewives stuff, we got to talk Drag Race. Drag Race, a new episode of Drag Race All-Stars. A kind of special episode because there's no, it's a different format in that 
we talked about it a little last week that they brought all the eliminated fame game girls back uh, into the competition. Um, but before we do that, so we start uh, them coming back into, well, Jimbo and Candy coming back into the workroom um, after eliminating Jessica. It's weird, very weird just having two people yeah, the it's uh, it, there's there's a lot less banter. It's yeah. just two people. <laughs> it's like it's uh, there was a lot of like I, mean, I, w- I wouldn't say this is a filler episode by any means, but it was a lot of like stretching mm-hmm. in certain regards, and you know it it helped when the other girls got there, and that you know at least it was low stakes, but there were still some stakes involved, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, it's just a, like I said, I I still can't get over the weird vibe. They open, they make a point again to open the box with the lipsticks, where it's like, why are we doing that? Like we literally, like, and it's like, not even like, it's not even like, oh well, we know what's in there. You literally saw these two lipsticks. <laughs> you know, there's a there was a tie. There were two lipsticks. Like Priyanka literally pulled both of them. What are we doing? <laughs> I just, I don't get it. It's just like going through the motions a little bit. It's fine. Um, but they come into the workroom the next day. Um, all And then Rude basically shocks them. It's like, bring back my girls, you know, et cetera. We're bringing all the girls back. You know, like everyone, they they bring in everyone to sort of like have their moment to come in. They're like, oh, yay. Yay, Monica. Yay, Nisha. All that stuff. And like James comes in and they're just like quiet. There were um, it was almost like crickets level quiet. I was like, what happened? We're, my only guess is like, maybe they were worried that James was going to be mad about their elimination because it was so controversial. Or maybe there was an issue with the audio and they had to dub it later. Maybe. They're really bad. There are, they're, they've gotten really egregious in the dubbing oh, yeah. on, on Drag Race where it's clearly like, okay, Rue had to record this off camera yeah. to like, you know. But yeah, it... It just, it was very odd. Um, but everyone comes in and Rue ba- starts by telling them, so the reason I brought all of you back is that you, the eliminated fame game queens, won't just have the chance to win money. You will also be deciding who wins between Jimbo and Candy. Dun, dun, dun. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, are we doing? And then Rue's like, psych. <laughs> like, I, I'm so, like, Stop playing with us. I'm so sick of it. I, I thought that was funny. I really enjoyed that one. It was funny enough, but also it was like, it was uh, not to downgrade candy. I think like Jimbo in the minds of the fans, I would say is probably the favorite to win in terms of the competition and probably would have gotten the most votes in the cast. Like, yeah. because it, to me it was playing off the idea of like, well, candy's backstab people and candy's played the game hard. So now, you know, switcheroo on you or whatever but it was like <laughs> switcheroo yeah but it was like in the case when in all stars three with shangela like shangela should have been in the top by every stretch of the imagination and then wasn't out of either bitterness or just like whatever yes but they knew it's like it's like with survivor like, if you know that a jury is coming back to vote, but didn't they know? Not until the end, though. That's what That was always what pissed me off with All-Stars 3. Okay. That's what, I c- couldn't remember. It's been a while since yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. it. But, like, they didn't tell them that it was going to be the group vote until the finale. And it's like, it's fine if you're going to do the group vote if you tell them on the, in, on the jump. 
because then they can play the game and then they can play it properly. Mm-hmm. You don't don't have them play one game and then throw a curveball at the end that completely it just screws them for playing the game as they thought it was meant to be played. Also, Jeff Probst, take notes. Yeah, there you go. Because you've been doing that recently too. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but uh, but it was a swerve here, obviously, and, and yeah. it's fine. Um, but so they start before we get into like the reveal of what the maxi challenge is. They do a reading challenge. Basically, they were like everything we were normally doing the first episode. We're doing here. Yeah, which I kind of thought was interesting. There were certain things with the talent show later where mm-hmm. I was like, you definitely constructed this as if this was going to be the first episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like definitely. I came to win, but and I guess you can still win. But it was just like. Okay. It was also funny to see, to have the, some of the other girls have lyrics about how I sent everyone else home. Bitch, you went home. Yeah, yeah, What yeah. do you mean? Exactly. <laughs> um, it wasn't, I think Darian, like, did some, like, clearly where that joke was designed that way, and Darian had to be like, well, look how that turned out. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, they do the reading challenge. Um, they, it was a good reading challenge, I would say, for the most part. Um, some of the ones that I noted uh, that I thought were funny. Jessica had a good one of Alexis Michelle. I'm not going to say anything horrible to you because I'm tired of seeing you crying. <laughs> which I love it. Like confirmed everyone's thoughts online, which was like Jessica was so over how much Alexis cried this season. Yeah. Um, credit to I will say this credit to Alexis as well because Alexis took a lot of uh, jokes this one and I forgot that like on her original season Alexis hated the reading challenge and was like I'm really offended you called me fat like and I and like remember that whole thing and it was like well she's used to taking a lot now yeah (laughs) that was a whore joke that was a whore (laughs) when she makes a joke about like sticking her penis in Lala or something. I forgot what the exact yeah, joke was. She, she was just like, this is not a read. Fuck me. Or something like that. Something of that effect. She also was doing this, like Alexis was doing this like weird 1920s voice the whole time. I'm like, ah, like Mae West. Yeah, it was like, but, but it was specifically Alaska's Mae West. Yeah. And it was like, come on. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> Lala had a good one uh, of um, Alexis is a triple threat. She has gonorrhea of the ass mouth and the dick. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I thought, even though she didn't win, I thought James had a really great one of uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis, the only drag queen story our children protest. <laughs> that yeah, was, that fun. was great. Um, but Kasha did phenomenal. Like, like, yeah. kind of like you could see, like it's it's about the jokes being good, but also it's just about like the comfortability and the flow. Yeah. And Kasha had that. Well, Kasha uh, for Alexis saying, from this angle, stunning. From the back, kind of looks like a helicopter landing pad because <laughs> <laughs> that big bald spot. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jimbo had a good one. Uh, Kahana Montrese. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and what happens in Kahana dribbles down her legs shortly after. <laughs> It's like, Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm uh, surprised they didn't, like, censor that one somehow. Like, oh, yeah. with it being paramount. There's something about the word dribbles. Where yeah, I was like, it was just like, that was, like, it's unnecessarily on the ver- vulgar. It was, like, on the verge of moist. <laughs> that, that same yeah. vibe. Um, but Kasha ends up winning, I think rightfully so, uh, yeah. from what we saw. Um, and then they revealed that the Maxi Challenge, uh, they're doing the variety show. Uh, they switch it. Candy and Jimbo are also performing in the variety show, but they're hosting essentially. Yes. 
Um, which I would have loved to see what the process was for that. Like it, it was. It but was, also, clearly, they they just video they just filmed all of the hosting bits up front. Yeah, and, and it was then, and it was kind of like they were like, "Here's the script. Like, yeah. let's just say this stuff. It's fine." I, I love how Candy was like, "And we will read you if you suck." And it was like clearly pre-taped. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it was like, "Come on." Um, and then they reveal. So the also, it's like okay, so we're doing the variety show, and they were like, "Well, it's your last minute chance to like." you know, impress people with the fame games and stuff like that, which, yeah, sure. And then they add the twist of that. I will pick the top two um, fame game queens of the week, and those queens will then lip sync. And if you win the lip sync, then you have the opportunity to spin a wheel where you can multiply your fame game votes anywhere from two to three to five times. And I'm like, like okay. Uh, so that I'm like, okay, so like then that person's winning. Yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it just seems odd to me. Like, I mean, unless people do what I did and we'll get to the fame game voting I yeah, think, we'll, later. We'll talk but, about um, it. Unless people do what I did, which was account for the three times. But I don't think that people did that because no. I'm the anal retentive person who does that. And nobody else is. They're just going to throw all 10 votes to one person. Yeah. I just done. can't imagine it being that like, disparate to where like that yeah. you know it doesn't completely give someone the win anyways um i'm fine with it with who won so it's fine um alexa we see a moment uh rude does like walkthroughs to sort of go through everyone's um talents it's not that super eventful um we get a moment where alexis does apologize to lala for sending her home i love the way alexis phrases it though it's just like i wish i was more clearer in what I meant by, <laughs> I meant by, I will never forget. I feel like I misled you. It's like, or you told her one thing and then it's fine. To be fair, she never said, I will not say, send you home. That, she never said, um, I will never vote against you. She said, I will not forget. And she remembered. <laughs> Clearly. I, she remembered as she picked up the lipstick and as she put it in the box and as she was done. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's go straight to the main stage, though, and get into some of these variety show asks. Also, the guest judge for this week is Ego Wodum, who I love. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love her on SNL. Um, the variety show. Okay, so let's go through sort of everyone's. Um, we started with Mon- Monica Beverly Hills. So I... <laughs> I have been very confused uh-huh. with what has happened online. You you gays are crazy. <laughs> like <laughs> you will make a make anything meme worthy and like just like, send I, into the stratosphere. I love Monica. This is no shade to her. Yeah. But she called in collect on this it's, one. This was a little like park and bark and a, it was kind I of I mean it it was a step above the dancing that Rue does. Yeah. But I gotta say, once they get it on TikTok enough, and once they do, like I had, I was, I've had it the in song my head. Is cute. Not a sulking clap. I've had that in my head like for the last week. Like the song is cute, but girl, you did step touch sway. But yeah, well, it helps with TikTok dancing. I will say that because like at least like it's so simple and like yeah. basic to where like it allows you people can duplicate to, it. Yeah, pretty easily. Um, but I'll say this: if it at least allows Monica to have her moment, honestly, I'm here for it. Yeah, I I honestly at at one point thought that it was going viral, like as a shady thing, mm. and I thought people were like 
pointing and laughing. No, people genuinely love this. And I'm like, I she, don't understand. What I will say, she looked amazing. She always looks amazing. Well, She's yes, but she looked gorgeous. particularly like gorgeous and yeah. like like really well done. Like I but yeah, it was <laughs> I fe- and I was like, okay, how is this judging gonna go later? And I was like, oh, you did the all-star seven thing where you just gave him positive critique. Because why give him negative critique? Yeah, They're there's no point. Eliminated. Yeah. Like so, so it's like they're like, I'm so happy for you to have your... That, I think, like, Michelle said that. And I'm like, yeah, just smile, Michelle. You know this was not the team. Yeah. But... Like, if you want to give her constructive criticism, like, after the fact, after the cameras are down, fine. But there's no point putting that shit on camera. No, it's fine. Um, Naysha was next, and she did, like, a flamenco... Um, I really enjoyed it. ...tap sort of thing. I thought it was well done. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... Can I also say, also, with the Monica thing, though, and with Naysha's here as well... Paramount Plus, can you really get your shit together on your audio mixing? Because, like, it it was... I had to watch it later elsewhere to, like, get the... the vo- Like, there's something about the audio levels whenever they do these, like, music stuff and... Like, where you have the, vo- the vocals are never boosted enough. Yeah, and it's just, like... I It's jarring to yeah. where it's, like, you know... Um, and I got that with Nations a little bit as well, even though there weren't, weren't any vocals. Like... But when you watch it, it was well done. Like, it was well executed. Mm-hmm. You could tell there was a respect to the art of what she was doing. Yeah. And that and that was really good to see. Um, what were your thoughts on Mrs. Kasha Davis's? I loved this one. I thought it was really fun. It, it had a really good, like, um, end result. It started a little manic. <laughs> a little bit, but it's Kasha. Yeah. But, it, and, I, like, there's, like, when she rips the wig off and starts going, it was like, Okay, I see what you're doing. Like you're making a point yeah. in the end of it, and like I love, I love that Kasha's made such a point to like tie a message into mm-hmm. everything that she's done, and like you know, obviously <laughs> they made the joke about James made the drag queen story time joke earlier, but like you know, I love that she's made that her brand, and yeah. and is really especially now. You yeah, know, it's really good to see. Um, I thought Darian did really great doing stand-up. I thought it was a smart move to do something different. Darian's not going to do a musical number, obviously. No. Um, and I liked that it was like, because obviously they only get like a minute or whatever, right? Yeah. So it was clearly like, I've set this up, including with sound effects and rim shots. And like, yeah. so it's like, it flows. And it's not like I'm doing a call to action and like right. having to like wait for like the joke response. Right. Um, and I thought the material was good. Yeah, I, I I'm glad Darian got a little bit more time to shine because I thought I would have loved to see Darian go a little further in the competition and get some more time because I always thought Darian was great on her original season and you know yeah I, I I've always loved Darian uh, except for that you know um, <laughs> except for that one rap challenge oh, but also but in mention the Monica way very iconic very iconic um, James was next and James I was did really well with her. J- basically song about her tits and, and i loved that it was so funny yeah it was hilarious when she was hitting the backup dancers and they were doing the comical like, sort yeah. of like back then it was great um kahana did a cheerleading inspire because she was a has a cheerleading background mm-hmm. and all that i like what she said in the workroom about like she, the, with like the don't say gay bills that are passing in schools and stuff like that like the kind of importance i, I didn't even think about the perspective of like the male, you know, the stereotype of the male cheerleader that's on right. all these like cheer squads in high school. Like, yeah, it is a thing. Like it is a bit, you know, and to the idea that someone would have to be in the closet. Yeah. Is yeah. ridiculous. Um, 
And yeah, it was really impressive, I would say, at the end of the day. You would think that they would want more gay guys on the cheerleading. You need a you, base. <laughs> like, well, because you don't have to worry about, like, because it, like, on Bring It On, wasn't it Bring It On where they're, like, looking up their skirts and, like, fondling right. them the whole time? And it's like, wouldn't you rather have gay guys who are not interested? You would think. And are just there to, like, make sure these girls look good? Wouldn't that be a, a better and also addition if you were, to your team? Also, if you were a gay man in high school and you were either on sports teams or in the vicinity of... It's kind of the worst place to put us, to be honest. Yeah. Let's, I'll just say that. Um, La La Ri, this was phenomenal. I honestly would have been happy if Rue was just like, okay, so Lala's the only one winning. <laughs> so, like, it... It literally, like, they, I mean, the judges said it. This could literally go on tour. Oh, for sure. This was, like, the same level of production as, like, Beyonce, as, like, these high-level pop stars that are out here selling out stadiums. Yeah. The the choreo- the way, the way all the choreography also lined up with the backup. Like, she nailed it, like, timing-wise, and just, like, everything was, like, so intricately done in a way that was really impressive. Yeah. Um, and she has such a presence. Like I, yeah. I, I'm really appreciating her rise on this season. I think she's the underrated star of the season mm-hmm. because she really did go from like, sort of like, I didn't really think much of Lala on her. Not, I didn't think poorly of her by any means, but like, you know, she wasn't the st- star necessarily of that season. She was a mid out. Yeah. And like, she really showed this season. Like she is, someone that could be in the rotation of like touring and like being as much, you know, put her in the fucking Vegas show, put her in. Oh yeah. She'll do great. Like I I was really, really fucking impressed. Honestly, you could give her her own Vegas show and she would be able to do that shit. Yeah. 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 It was really, really impressive. Um, Alexis did like this sort of like, sort of like flirty, like Marilyn Monroe ass style, like, you know, not not singing, but like, no, it was, it was live sung. Like, it was like it was like singing mixed with spoken word. I think a little. bit. I mean, bit. but that's a that. I mean, it's called speak singing. Yeah. So it's like a, a thing that is done a lot on Broadway when you have a lot of dialogue to get through in song. Mm-hmm. So I mean, uh, it's just a different place in your voice of where you're singing it. Um, but yeah, it's I it it's exactly what you would expect from Alexis Michelle, and it was beautifully done. Oh yeah. Um, but coming after Lala, there was no way no. she like. She was kind of screwed in that regard. Yeah. And then we had Jessica uh, doing her own song and sort of dance number. Phenomenal. We, we both thought like, oh, so it'll be Lala and Jessica. Like, yeah. like to me, I was got a little shocked with the, not shocked, but like, you know, I was like, oh, I didn't think of it going that way. But Jessica did great as well. But it makes like, sense because Rue is always about the joke. Yeah. Make her laugh. You win. And it would not make sense for Rue. It makes sense for literally everyone else in the world Mm -hmm. for Jessica and Lala to be the top two. But for Rue, it makes sense that the funniest and the most performance based are the top two. And even because that those are her two aesthetics. And to your point though, even Lala had like a like she had the whole licking the fingers thing at the end, which was funny. Mm -hmm. Like it had a comedic element to it. So it was like, I agree. Like that is what kind of gets it Rue probably yeah. more than anything. 
Um, of the two uh, final two that performed, Jimbo did <laughs> Jimbo's ice cream sundae performance art. Oh like, my god! With the banana in the bud, and then the ice cream or the, the whipped cream titties. The whipped cream titties is just like it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's so perfect. It's just it's it's perfection. Yeah. No notes. I, it, I I I don't know if she could ever go as crazy as the baloney ghost monster. Uh, pregnant, but like this was really good. This I I, re- I really appreciated it. Um, and I thought Candy did well too. I yeah, she, I really liked very candies. uh pr- appropriately like Barbie inspired kind of. With yeah, the, oddly enough, at least in terms of the aesthetic, good timing. Um, yeah, well done. Real clearly, <laughs> but I, as soon as the voice track hit, I was like, oh, so that's not Candy's voice. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> candy, I didn't mention it, but in the reading challenge, Kasha had a good joke about her candy being the uh, Tasmanian devil, basically. <laughs> yes, and it's like that's kind of accurate. Have you have you seen the the thing recently um, where if somebody does like a a out of nowhere like deep voice sort mm-hmm. of thing in a TikTok and some and it's funny, like in the comments, people will quote it, but they'll put like the devil mask. On either side of it, oh. to rep- like Candy is the devil mask of drag queens. <laughs> yeah, Does that make that. sense? Yeah, not in looks, but like in that whole her voice is down here and gravelly and all of that. Yeah, like, yeah. she's definitely it, th- th- that's a man. <laughs> that's a man, Maury. <laughs> um, uh, so they reveal. So the top two are Lalari, obviously, and James Mansfield. Which I was happy for James. Like, I th- yeah, you know, it was good to see James get a win. <laughs> like, I think yeah. that was the other thing of like, let's give James a win. Like, well, especially I think it's especially important considering how many girls she does wigs for, and how much of her work is seen on these stages that's a over good point. the years. Like, it was a moment where James really got to be recognized for the work that she does within the drag community. Yeah. And to go from first out on yeah. her season all those years ago to then, uh, you know, finally get that moment. Right. You could tell it meant a lot to James, which, yeah. I, which I was happy for at the end of the day. Um, well, and it was a redemption for Lala, too. She really had, um, you know, a lot of ridicule from her first season and mm-hmm. coming back into this one and really being able to step it up and show people who she was and what she was about. I was here for it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, they lip sync to "Rain on Me" by Lady Gaga and yes. Grande. You were like you, first Chromatica. As soon as Chromatica came out, you were like, "So when are they doing drag? Doing this on Drag Race?" Yeah, like so. It, they they number one had to wait until the rights, the 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 cost for the rights went down. Um, but now that it's more affordable and, you know, Drag Race has a couple more coins to rub together. Yeah. Um, you know, now I guarantee you it will be all over season 16. I'm really excited. Now that they've been doing more also, um, Beyonce as well. I'm really excited for when the Renaissance album starts getting oh. the rotation. Cause you know, it's gotta be in that rotation. Oh, it's going to be so good. It's going to be great. Um, this was a good lip sync. They had that, they had that fun moment where they kind of like are grinding on each other at one point. And yeah. James's legs are spread and sort of like they played off of each other really well. I would yeah. say. Um, Rue announced that James wins, which we were like, Oh, okay. And then, but then announces that Lala wins as well. And that's a double. So they both get a spin of the wheel. Um, James did uh, spun the wheel and it was uh, landed on. <laughs> it, not that it did land on, but it was landed on. It was, it was 
plucked, let's say. That uh, wheel the, was the fake. I, I was so pissed. Like, I was like. <laughs> it, it's. It's it was almost comical because it literally spun and stopped and then bumped a little bit and yeah. got to the two uh, the two times and it was like girl this is more egregious than any of the finale like lip sync ones that yeah. we've seen this was rough and they it was it was almost like it was on purpose like super campy again like like the I was thinking I, I was wondering if they filmed it in post because like it it seemed as if they just kept doing going like when they would do the cutaway shots of James or Lala reacting they're like just do reactions of like oh please 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 and then like you know how they kind of film multiple things uh-huh. at the finale it almost felt like it was a case of like okay film if you got times 2 film if you got times 5 film, like you know what i mean yeah almost almost i almost would have appreciated it more if they had had a like a visible hand, like in a black glove, yeah, reach a, out eh. and move it, I would have died. Yeah, like Drag Race, lean into that shit. If you're gonna have producers putting their hands on the the at scales, least admit it, admit it, and lean into it. Let us see that happen. Yeah, because then at least it's campy. Like at that point, at least we could go, bitch. Okay, you you know what's going on. We got, we're good. Yeah, uh, James ends up getting times two her vote, and Lala ends up getting times three. Um, so to me, I'm like, okay, so Lala won. <laughs> like, yeah. To, at the end of the day, um, I did. So we and then they opened the fame game votes. Um, I voted. You did more ma- of a mathematical approach. Well, when do I not? Number one. Um, and number he loves two, a spreadsheet. Look, I felt like it was the only way to be fair. So sure. I wanted to go through and not just go off of memory and what I was feeling in that moment. I wanted to go through and count everything up and really make sure it was fair. So who did you end up putting your, we get 10 you get votes. 10 votes. I put five on Lala because mm-hmm. I, I, I think Lala had the big, biggest globe in terms of looks throughout the season. And also I mm-hmm. think, you know, general performance. Uh, I think I did three for Kasha and then I did two for Jessica. Okay. I think that made the most sense to me in mm-hmm. terms of everything that sort of played out. Yeah. So what I ended up doing is I went back through every look that was um, part of the fame games. And I actually went back further. I went and included um, the promo looks. Mm-hmm. I did the premiere looks on the run or on the um, um, red carpet. I did the um, press tour looks. And I did entrance looks as well. Like I included Every moment that these girls have been out in front of a camera for this show. Right. Um, and I went through and I did either toot, boot, or shoot for each of those looks. Um, shoot's got two points. Toot's got one point. Boot's just a zero. You didn't get negative points for a boot. You just didn't get points. Um, and when I added it up, my top two... Oh, and then I also included the Fame Game variety show in that and tooted and booted people on their performance. On that, on the variety show, I gave a shoot to Lala and Jessica, and I did give a boot to Monica Beverly Hills. Everyone else got a toot. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I was pretty fair. I was also trying to actively, like, remove biases 
um, and just go based on the look. You know, kind of how like Toot and Boot used to, where they had the face blurred out mm-hmm. for Raja and Raven when they were judging, so they could only see the look. I kind of tried to judge that way. Um, so I ended up with Lala and Alexis being my top two. Um, so because Lala had the times three, I gave her two out of my 10 votes, which equated to six overall technically votes because she's getting times three. Um, the other eight I gave to Alexis. And the only reason I split it that way was because Alexis ended up with more points out of the two of them for the overall. So I don't know. I just felt like I'm so glad you're good at math. I, I am very good at math and you know, I'm autistic. Like that helps. Things, things have to like make sense to me. I can't just like, there are a lot of things I can do based on gut intuition, intuition, but when I'm like voting on something or when it's like a prolonged thing, I need numbers. I right. need to understand the progression of things, all of that. So, like, I I felt like it was the only way I could be fair. And I know that nobody else of the millions of people watching Drag Race are going to do this and are going to put this kind of level of care into who they're voting for. But I thought it was important, and it helps me feel better about where I'm putting my vote and make sure that I'm not being biased. Because y'all have heard me judge these people, like, all season. You know I loved Alexis's looks more over the season. And I think looking back from now and going back and rejudging everything, I think that I that was consistent. And you know, and um so I don't know. I I just that that's how I voted. Yeah. We'll just leave it there because I'm rambling. Let your voice be heard. (laughs) If I feel like we're on rock the vote mode. (laughs) Um but no that was yeah, so that was the episode. Good episode, I would say overall. It's just fun, you know, talent. Mm -hmm performance stuff um next week obviously is the grand finale and we'll determine a winner and then they'll reveal the winner of the fame games um so yeah it'll be fun time um yeah and i think we'll probably obviously talk more about like the season as a whole uh, Mm -hmm. that episode and sort of our thoughts um are we getting a reunion no i guess this episode kind of counts as the reunion yeah they don't do reunions really anymore and that more at least not for all stars no not for all stars um yeah yeah i i feel like do those a little more often. I don't know. Um, but overall, really good episode. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're getting into Housewives stuff, including Real Housewives of Atlanta and the debut of the new Real Housewives of New York City. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and you know, I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On a wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. 
Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild... Like, accountability is love, and toxicity is not on the menu. To a little more spicy. Like, one of my favorites... Fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay in His MB. Let's head on down south to the ATL for some brunch and bubble guts. Oh my god, that's the worst combo. <laughs> the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh jeez. This I would say this was overall a really good episode of Atlanta, I would say. Like I think it was better than usual that it, that it's been. Um you know, it, but there's definitely still vibes that I have in feeling. I, I, I'm definitely still in my feelings about certain people. Um, but we'll get into that, obviously. Um, we start the episode. So everyone's sort of like doing their own thing for Thanksgiving, right? They're not filming around this time. But we see like phone footage of like everyone's stuff, really. Mm-hmm. Candy's like doing like giving out food and stuff like that and sort of doing charity stuff. Um, we see this short scene, but it's really sweet of, um, uh, Kenya having Thanksgiving, uh, at her house and her dad meeting Brooklyn for the first time, which was, I thought really sweet. Yeah, that is really nice. And especially cause I was like, oh wait, we haven't seen him since like the seasons were like, remember when Kenya would like try to get reconnected with her mother and that whole thing. Like, Ooh, that was rough. So like it, you could tell it was a big deal for Kenya and, yeah. for, and, and all that. So I thought it was really sweet. Um, we then go uh, post Thanksgiving. Um, we're over at Drew's house, and Ralph is basically organized like a brunch to cook brunch for the women, essentially before they go on their trip. You know, and he's like, "Oh, the men are going to do everything. You guys get to just enjoy yourself." This felt performative as fuck on Ralph's it part. It really did. And like, even like, even the way he was—it's just I've said it before on this season. Like, Ralph feels so performative in in like not just yeah. just in terms of like generalness, like with the cameras. Yeah, he literally he starts by going, so you know all the men, and he delivers it like he's reading a line, like it's like all the men, you know, we get along really well. You know, the ladies, you always got drama. Like he, like he's like acting. It's like, what are you doing? Like, well, and he's acting, and he's also like actively delivering like misogynistic lines. I he, <laughs> um, I was listening to, uh, we were listening to She Speaks Bravo, and like they were bringing up the point of like he drew. Ralph is trying to make this whole guys like the husband's group happen. And it's like, not every housewife show needs this. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Like I, like it's very like, you know, and, and also don't let Ralph be the one to organize it. Absolutely but I think not. part of it, what it is, is that I've said it like Ralph wants to be a housewife. He want he yeah. wants to be the star of the show. So it's like, this is how I do it. It's like, mm-hmm. Like uh, mark my words, we will see him on like Love and Marriage or something else. Yeah, it's 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 not going to be far behind. Drew is even like so like it's sort of out of nowhere for Ralph to do this. She literally goes, 
I don't see him in the kitchen much. He don't even know where the spatula is. Ugh. And he, she's more like not in the sense of like she's like th- like thankful for him in the moment, like oh that's so sweet. But in their confessional, she's just like, this is weird. Like what's going on? <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> that's suspicious. <laughs> that's suspicious. Um, the guests uh, end up starting to arrive and stuff like that. Candy meets, uh, well, hugs uh, Bryce, uh, Courtney's uh, baby's father, who Candy's also known for like 20 years, basically. Does everybody know everybody in Atlanta? Apparently he was in the circle. Like, apparently he was across the, you know, playing field, I guess, in terms of everything. Candy literally goes in her confessional. Candy went gloves off in the fucking confessional this episode. Good. She is fed up with this cast. And, and, and normally I would be like, Oh, like, don't be like, you know, don't act, you know, better than this cast, but no, she is better than this cast. And I'm here for Uh her just being like, fuck all y'all. Honestly, I would not be surprised if Candy rage quit at some point. She, she already has the record now for most uh, seasons as a housewife. So yeah, peace out i'm like and, and i don't want candy to leave the show but i don't like, either but like honestly i could see her being fed up with this bullshit yeah she goes in her confession she goes i am shocked that bryce is her baby's father such a nice guy how do you ever put up with her <laughs> <laughs> wow candy but you're, but you're right um <laughs> it's also candy's first time so allison drew's uh sister also mm-hmm. comes by and says hi and candy's like oh it's like it's my first time meeting allison and drew goes yeah because you know she was at the video shoot because we're pushing this narrative that like candy doesn't come to events and it's like <laughs> this is where i'm like if i'm candy i'm like fuck it i won't like she got more stuff that pays her better than this shit she and candy also has goes through so much this episode if they continue this narrative i'm gonna be pissed on her behalf oh yeah one thousand percent um sheree at one point asked kenya like oh is your this uh, sheree was uh, <laughs> sheree was ridiculous this episode sheree asked kenya is your guy here and kenya's like no roy's at work and sheree her confessional kenya claims she's dating a new guy and then she like performatively like looks around and it's like ain't nobody see him though and then i love drew at the table immediately going hey where's martel <laughs> and he's like oh he's sick <laughs> also has it haven't other people didn't someone else in the group hook her up with roy can you oh yeah 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 so like other people have seen him she's filmed with him yeah like he showed up to the video shoot so stupid this is so dumb yeah but it's like how are you sheree sheree had sheree's uh the definition of sheree this episode is audacity like how are you going to try to be like oh where's your man when your man also isn't here like what the like the fact that she even think about that is like crazy he was literally only in the first two episodes i think right if that, I think he went, yeah. Oh, yeah, just the one party, really. It was the one party and the, the booty call at the beginning. That's it. Like, come on. Um, Marlo brings Scott Lee, though, as, as her man date to sort of help her. And, like, <laughs> Kenya going, what the fuck is he wearing? <laughs> and then she goes, Le eBay was closed today. <laughs> Candy has apparently met Scott Lee in the past. I w- I'm not surprised because, like we mentioned, he's done reality television. Right. So it's like, you know. You know, she's like, I didn't see, the, again, Candy, full gloves off. I didn't really see him as Marlo's type. Marlo's always talking about she don't have sex. They got to be spending before she's going to do something. You know, whore behavior. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Ken, Kenya then asks, so 
they also blew this thing up. Kenya asked Candy about the movie that uh, Todd's movie and that, you know, she, and she jokes about like, Oh, I haven't seen an offer. I, I haven't gotten my email yet in terms of an offer. And clearly Kenya's like joking around. Like she's like, you know, right. making fun of it. Candy makes, you know, Oh, we cast drew and Kenya goes, you cast drew like sort of like big moment. Um, Kenya, Candy though, does make the good point of like, you know, I'm not saying, you know, you know, the cat, the lead role that Drew's playing is like someone, a young and naive girl that gets turned out basically is the whole vibe. Yeah, I just don't see Kenya playing that role. No. <laughs> Candy goes, I'm not saying Drew is young and naive. I'm saying she knows how to pretend to be. <laughs> right. Because it's not far off from anyway. <laughs> Kenya's like, I put, let's just leave you know, I put three Sims on the map with Twa, the old movie back in the day. Drew in her confessional goes, Kenya, have you been in a movie since Twa? Because I recall that came out 22 years ago. And I will say, I'm a, like I said, I'm an unapologetic Kenya Moore stan. I defend her. All. She on Twitter was like really upset about Drew making this comment in her confessional. And I'm like, okay, Kenya, that was like light shade. Like, it's not that serious. And also, Kenya, you were a couple episodes ago saying that her music video shoot was low budget Beyonce blow. So... You can't yeah, really be like, that mad. You can't really be that mad. And also, like, let's let's be fair. Kenya doesn't like when people come back. Yeah. When people clap back. She likes to have the last word. She wants to get her read in, and then no one else gets to read her. That's fair. Um, and to be fair, usually they don't have any ground to stand on. So, like, she's used to it because everybody else is beneath her in the reading department. Sure. So when someone actually was able to get something in that was valid, it's like, girl, you got to take the licks. But also, doesn't it help in a way in that the who I've been, I'm, I've dubbed them now the fucking three stooges of this show, Marlo, <laughs> Sheree, and Sonya. Like, that they've, they keep pushing this like, oh, Kenya, Candy, and Marlo are all, or, or, or Kenya, Candy, and Drew are all together. They're all an alliance. They always back each other up. They always, clearly they don't. Like, if, if Drew is willing to, like, and Kenya are willing to make these, like, shady comments and confessionals, like, clearly they check each other. Clearly, yeah. It's like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're the ones not checking each other. Let's be real. Right. Um, Roy fa- FaceTimes Kenya, though. And Kenya's, you know, because Manya's like, ooh, like, pointing it out. So Kenya shows it to everyone and says hi. And then Marla goes, oh, is that Roy? You know, oh, I know Roy. I went on a date with him once. And I'm like, okay, like, and of course, Mario was gonna try and make this her moment. Kenya then is like, oh, I, I can't hear you, Roy. I gotta step out. So she steps out in the living room to talk to Roy. And then like Marlo's like, let me make sure his his number's still the same. Like going through her phone and then starts showing everyone this like DM that Roy sent her. Which when you look at it, it's from 2018. So it's like, like what five years ago? No, six years ago. Like, come on, come on. Like, it's not that, and clearly it was like, and Marlo's not trying to make it, I mean, she is trying to make it a big deal, don't get me wrong. Marlo's like, it was like a date. We didn't like, you know, go beyond that, but I did go out on a date with him or whatever. And like, Kenya, that's my thing, like, Kenya handles this whole thing so fucking well. Like, she, it doesn't phase her. It's similar to like when Marlo was trying to make the whole shooting thing happen at the city winery thing yeah. after Drew's performance. You could tell Candy was realizing what uh, Marlo was doing and just gave her nothing. Kenya was doing the same thing. Yeah. Like, Kenya was like just laughing it off, being like, yeah, that's interesting. Like, and, and you know, 
Well, and it turns out Kenny had already known about this. Yes. Yeah, and, and that Roy uh, told Because her. they have a healthy relationship where they communicate things. Sure. And it's like, yeah, that that's what happens instead of this whole thing with Martel where uh, it, did, it didn't happen, but it did happen. But, oh, no, I did tell her about that, but you were just denying it three seconds ago. Yeah, so, Sheree tries to make this point about, like, you know, oh, well, when Martel DM'd her, whatever, something innocuous, she made the biggest deal about it. No, she didn't. Actually, you and Martel made the biggest deal about it because right. she literally just came to you and was like, just so you know, so it's not like comes out for you that I didn't tell you. He did DM me at this point. And she literally says it's lightweight. Yeah. So, and then Mart- and then you called Martell over to confirm it. Martell then denied it. And then you later claimed that he did tell you, even though then why would you ask him for clarification at that point? And then once Kenya was like, no, he did DM me. He went from denying it to saying, yeah, but it was two years ago and it was light. You two made it a big deal, not Kenya. Literally, there's not a word that comes out of Sheree's mouth this season that I trust. No, not not a single word. But so, so Ken, and then also Sonya has been pissing me off. Kenya comes back to the table and like the conversation stopped about the whole Marlo thing. But then as soon as Kenya sit down, Sonya goes, you know, what are the chances the guy that Kenya's dating dated like vocally to try to get the conversation going again? Cause she's mm-hmm. like, I need to get, you know, I need to try to get something out of Kenya in this moment. Right. I need to try to like set a scene. And I, oh, but again, Kenya's just like, okay, like that's cool. Kenya's like, I'm glad he realized that she wasn't the one. So she could, da- <laughs> he could date me, baby. Thank you for showing him what not to do. Mm-hmm. Marlo's uh, in her confessional goes, enjoy the leftovers, bitch. Whatever. <laughs> Um, uh. And then again, Sh- the audacity of Sheree fucking Whitfield <laughs> then asked Drew, so that, uh, the chef that you have, Drew, are you, is he getting paid? <laughs> and they're like, what? You. Like, you could have passed this off to somebody else in your little gremlin crew. Like, Honestly. Like, why are you carrying, why are you doing this? Why are you the one to talk about somebody not getting paid? Ugh. Sheree's like, you know, there's stuff on the internet about Drew not paying a chef. And then Drew clarifies that it's some lawsuit that she's in right now. She goes, you know, she wanted to come and cook for my family and trial some of her food. And it had hair in it. And it was very trash. <laughs> and basically, she's like, I, I love she, in her confession. She's like, she is not a chef. She was a cook who wanted, so she was a girl who wanted to cook food for me. And it was giving Kelly Ben Simone vibes of like, mm. you're a cook, not a chef. Yeah. <laughs> But it seems some like innocuous thing. But without the delusion, because Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Drew says she's suing for a thousand dollars, and they're all like, "What? Yeah. Why would you even bother at that amount? I. I mean, I guess to like, be litigious and to. Well, but like normal people, a thousand dollars is a lot of money. Like, like a thousand dollars to us would. Yeah, I almost want to sue somebody over that. But I mean, people that are. Like doing work for housewives, thousand dollars. Why are you doing this? No, um, get your name in the paper. That's why they then start. Talk, they talk about the uh, trip to Portugal and stuff like that. Sheree's like giving them, telling them like it's about healing and all this stuff. I also clocked um, that Sheree is giving the uh, the Whitney Hilling pronunciation. Yeah, you pointed that out, and I'm like, oh my god. 
I can't unhear it now. <laughs> Maybe the new accent came with her new face. I, I guess. Because I think that was in the confessional. <laughs> oh, it, it might have been. The scary time confessional. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It, it re- It's literally a jump scare. It's terrifying. Uh, Sheree makes a comment of like, you know, Courtney, I'm so excited you're coming. I think we might, you know, we might need crisis management on this trip. Kenya jokes and goes, I don't know. It didn't work out too well with Candy. I don't know how good she is. Courtney goes, like they're doing like the fake laughing sort of mm-hmm. stuff at each other. And Courtney goes, of course you wouldn't. And then touches Kenya. And Kenya's like, I need you to keep your hands to yourself. Like, we're not like that. <laughs> yeah. And like Courtney like feels a way about it. And I love Drew just going like, she's setting her boundaries. So, you know, it's okay to set boundaries. <laughs> Good on you, Drew. Yeah, and at that point, Candy's like, "Okay, so I'm done here." <laughs> like, like, am I, she's like, uh, "Did I clock in my hours?" Okay, good. I, I'm going. Like, bye, guys. <laughs> I'm leaving. And then I love she like she she leaves. And then like, because all the guys are talking outside by like the barbecue or whatever. And like, Candy's on the balcony going, "Todd." And like, she's like, and Todd's like, "We're leaving." She's like, "Yes, get the f-. like we're, like." We have been here. I told you, meet me outside by the car in 30 minutes, and your ass got a drink. <laughs> She's like, yeah, bye, guys. Todd, get the f- Come on. <laughs> um, they are all are getting ready for their uh, Portugal trip and packing. Sheree FaceTimes Sanya at one point, and is like, you know, you know, you and I are in charge of the fun on the trip. And I'm like, anytime someone says that on Housewives. It's, uh, it's always bad. Yeah. Um, also, when was the brunch in comparison to when they left for Portugal? Oh, I I think it can it maybe a day or two, I okay. would say. Not the, it, I think it was not I was that about far. to say did uh <laughs> Oh. Did they did they give candy food poisoning? Ralph, did you cook that salmon all the way through? Oh jeez. Well, well, where'd you get that shrimp? Um because <laughs> they did seafood and I was I, I did have that thought. I was like Well, but also I mean uh, but also, it, it's it's Ralph and, by extension, Drew. So, like, I, I wouldn't expect it to be malicious. But if, like, uh, one of the, the, the three stooges had done this, mm-hmm. I would have been like, y'all trying to make her look bad like she doesn't come on anything by making her sick. But look then, at this. Yeah. Look at what you did. But, like, so, the, yeah, Candy Bates is like, I had, like, the severest bubble guts of all time. Like apparently was in the stall on the plane for like the whole fucking trip. And this is a transatlantic flight. Yeah. This is like a eight, nine hour flight. Kenya Kenya said in the after show that Candy basically had to be wheeled onto the plane in a wheelchair because they were were like if she if stood, she stood up, up, it would all come out. Like they were literally afraid at one point that they had left her in Atlanta because they hadn't seen her for hours. Yeah. It, yeah poor you, girl and those are tiny like mm-hmm. those are tiny and that, i just flew recently on a trip when i haven't flown in like a couple like good i would say like five or six years that would be my worst fucking nightmare like oh, those it's they, they are tiny <laughs> tiny bathrooms well the good news though is that while sitting on the toilet <laughs> she could easily throw up into the sink 
at the same time without having sink, to move much. But that sink like, is not that big. No, it's tiny. It's like a little bowl, like a little cereal bowl size. Yeah. Like it's. You were really pissed off though because they they showed like the confessionals of the girls talking about it, and they show Marlo. Oh and, yes, and Marlo's like, oh, she had number one or number two, and they're like, oh, and the producer goes, honestly, the description of Candy's GI situation is insane, and you were like, why is the producer like? Okay. I, I'm going to rant for a second <laughs> because on reality television, as has been established since the 90s, right? In the confessional, they're not supposed to be getting new information. Right. It is literally supposed to be a recollection of their true reaction in the moment. It is not supposed to be given new information and reacting from that. It is supposed to be. I am bringing up the emotions that I felt in that moment mm -hmm. and regurgitating them here. Well, <laughs> poor choice of words because poor, poor Katie. No. Um, but bringing them back to the surface here. Um, never in the history of reality television, from my recollection, has it been appropriate for a producer to feed a contestant a cast member whatever information in a confessional yeah that is never okay there is sort of like with the housewives in general there's been sort of a more like feels like buddy buddy relationship with the producers now at this point and maybe it was always like that who knows but they're showing it more and i think that's i don't i don't know how i feel about it because like it, there is a, a part of it where it's supposed to be like, okay, you're just supposed to, it's supposed to be like them existing in this world. And then right. you like, you know, it's, we're just seeing it from an inside lens or whatever. And I can understand like getting buddy, buddy with your handler. And that's who is the, that's the producer that's entered. Like, right. so each, each housewife has somebody that is assigned to them and is pretty much with them through their housewife's career, as yeah. long as they're with that same production company. So I get that, but this is a reason why it should change up every year because you should not be more, those producers should be ruthless. Yes. There should be no allegiance to these housewives. None. We need the producer who was interviewing Raquel at the end of the uh, Vanderpump. Yes. He That's was the producer so we good because he was, he was literally taking like Sandoval's own like mm -hmm. machinations and like his um his speaking pattern and like pulling answers out of Raquel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good, but he didn't feed her anything. Right. He didn't give her new information to react on. What the fuck is happening in, in Atlanta? It doesn't. Uh, we said it last week. The production needs to be overhauled. I really do think so. It doesn't really also help the thing about like we our critique of Marlo getting a good edit. When right. We, when when we literally like see her being buddy buddy with her handler. Yeah. That's not okay. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they do arrive at the hotel. Marlo makes a comment or confessional like, you know, I love Sheree's, you know, Portuguese palace that she set up, set us up. It's amazing compared to Kenya's broke down Motel 6. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is where I was like, and I said this at the time of the Bir Birmingham trip. It's Birmingham, Alabama. Are you, are you expecting a resort? Like what? Alabama is not known for being like a super rich state. 
sorry. Like it's just not. And it clearly was like one of those like hotel indigos, which are like at least somewhat nice. It's probably one of the nicer like hotel, like it's not to shit on Alabama. They just don't have a lot of capital. But like, what did you again? What did you want? I don't. I don't understand. Like, it. it's not going to be the Ritz Carlton. I'm sorry, that's not what's happening here. Yeah. Like, we're not. They 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 eat a little like uh, before they start going to their rooms and stuff like that. Um, Drew, ba- the Manetta's like FaceTiming her husband Heath to check on him, and Drew's like, "Yeah, check in on Ralph because he's in Vegas on a work trip." And then we found out that oh girl, <laughs> not just a work trip. Drew basically says that one of the producers on her video basically suggested that Ralph audition for Chocolate City in Vegas, which is essentially the black version of Magic Mike. Okay. And everyone's like, excuse me? Like, Drew. And Drew does say, I don't remember where it is, but she says somewhere that she, at the time of the video shoot, she was kind of uncomfortable with it. She basically is like, anytime I do when, like also whenever he's out of town, like I'm subconsciously like wondering what he's doing because of Tampa. Is he in Vegas or is he in Tampa? Yeah, exactly. Like, I duh, like I mean, from everything that we've seen on the show, like I would be, I wouldn't want him fucking anywhere out. You know, you're with the kids or you're mm-hmm. with me. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, I would set that boundary. Marlo does make I as much as we show Marlo. Marlo makes one funny comment in, <laughs> in the confessional. She goes, "Ralph in Magic Black Magic Mike Heath has a better chance than that. Moneta's husband, who is." Very white. <laughs> ah. um, it was funny. Um, they all head to their rooms. Um, Moneta's talking with Drew out on the balcony, and she points out, you know, you know, directly north of us is Africa. In you know, from where South. we're at. Well, no, she says Africa, and Drew goes, "Oh, I've never been to Africa. I've only been to well, South Africa." But it, it's directly south. That I. You said directly north. They're directly north of... They are directly north of Africa. That's what... I, I'm bad at <laughs> geography, sorry. You can, I couldn't point to Portugal on a map, in fairness, but, you know. Um, we also found out that Moneta apparently has an orphanage in Africa. Huh. That she, like, uh, owns and operates, I guess, in uh, Swaziland, I guess, is what the mm-hmm. town is. Really interesting. Moneta's a dynamic, like, she's got a lot Why going on Why is she life. not a peach holder? I'm just saying... Um, she Drew talks to her with a, about the charade stuff and her bring sorry bringing up the lawsuit. And Drew's just like, "Honey, first of all, you would know about people not getting paid because you have multiples." Uh huh. So what Spanning are you doing? Over a decade. Yeah, ma'am. Um, Ken, Kenya and Candy are talking on their balcony, and Kenya's uh, saying that she has a divorce uh, court date coming up, and Candy's like, "I am so tired of your divorce." And Kenya's <laughs> like, "Imagine me, fuck." <laughs> Candy Kenya's like I literally have been in through a divorce longer than I've been married. That's yeah. fucking ridiculous. There really should be a statute on that to yeah. stop that from happening. Like it cannot go past this. Like you know the amount that you've been together. Um, Candy asks though about like you know what Marlo said about Roy and Kenya. Kenya says like yeah he told me you know it was very lightweight. You know it wasn't even that big of a date. And Kenya in her confessional goes, Roy is fine, handsome, young, and eligible, and he doesn't have to pay for pussy. It wasn't a date. <laughs> <laughs> Sonya and Marlo are talking, and Sonya Sonya on behalf of Sheree, it's like what are you arguing? Like Sonya's like you know. I don't understand what the difference is between what the Roy stuff and with the uh, Martell stuff. It's like one, what do you like? Why do you care, Sonya? 
Why do you care at the end of the day? And also the idea that like, you know, she thought it was big to bring up the Martell stuff, but you know, not with Roy. Okay. What did you want Kenya to do in that moment? Did you want her to like yell at Marlo and to like curse her out and be like, fuck you, you're lying, blah, blah. Did you want to fight at the brunch? Yes. And then you're going to claim that you want healing? Mm-hmm. Explain that to me. And Kenya, so Kenya, after this scene, by the way, Kenya was, because Kenya's always vocal on Twitter during the episodes, which I love. Like, Kenya's basically like, yeah, Sonya's not my fucking friend. Like, this is exactly what I fucking was saying episodes ago. Yep. She, uh, and just after last episode where Kenya was so fucking helpful to Sonya in her charity event doing the auction. Mm-hmm. And got it, her. It, and I told you when we were watching this, if I were her, I'd have run, I'd have run her an invoice. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would have run her ass an invoice. You better believe I would have a booking fee. I would have a short notice fee. I would have a fee for not going through my agent. Yep. And then I would also have a fuck you fee and a fuck the horse you rode in on fee. <laughs> and like it would, <laughs> you better believe you would be paying me more than the over 50. Like I, I literally would stack up fees enough to the point where you were paying me everything over 50 grand that you got. Yeah. It would end up being, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You said your goal was 50 grand. Great. The other 28 grand. That's my fee. Yeah. And so Kenya has also... I worked for that shit. Kenya has also now unfollowed Sonya on Instagram, and I am so fucking excited for this reunion because I don't think Sonya is going to know what hit her. I really don't. Kenya's going to bring the fire, and, and Andy better stay out of the fucking way and let her do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I, like he, he better, like, like he did on Potomac during the colorism talk. He just needs to get up and walk out. Yeah. Because Kenya's dead Put the on. cameras down, and then when they come back up, like, Sonya is not there. There's a trail of blood on the floor, and then Kenya's just sitting there, sitting pretty. Mm-hmm. Even on the after show, uh, Sonya, they were talking about Kenya being upset about the, upset about the movie role thing. Mm-hmm. And she like, so I just Googled. I never saw, I knew nothing about tr- uh, Twa. And, like, Sonya uh, Googling, like, hey, guys, look, it's got a two, only two stars on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like, this is literally proving Kenya's fucking point. You are proving it every single fucking time, Sonya. Also, you act like the critics' ratings aren't always anti-black sure there's that yeah marlo's like you know i didn't think going on a date with roy was a big deal i can't help that kenya can't deal with it what do you mean she can't deal you're really trying to act like she really cared more than she did yeah you're just really gaslighting us to our face okay and then marlo goes look I've been, and I don't, I I did not understand why Marlo thought this was a flex. She goes, I've been around here 10 years. We've, uh, you know, we've only seen one man, if that. We've seen about a hundred with her and they flash all the different men that Kenya's been with on the show. And it's like, we've seen you, we've seen you for 10 years, Marlo, but you've never shown your life up until this, when you got your peach. And we've always known you as someone who just, again, dates old, rich, fucking white men. Like, so, like, your reputation has been fucking laid out. I mean, honestly, at this point, you're no better than Kim Zolciak. <laughs> honestly. But it's, it just, it didn't, I, I was like, what are you flexing about? Yeah. Honestly. Um, the ladies then go out to dinner. 
uh, at this restaurant. <laughs> this funny moment. Can you suggest that they do a shot of tequila? And so <laughs> Drew's like, yeah, just a shot of you know tequila to the. But the the waiter doesn't understand what. No. So they br- she they bring out just like huge glasses of just like tequila mixed with whatever. Like it's not like Americans need to understand. When you travel abroad, if you're not in a party city, if you're not in somewhere like like Amsterdam or London or Ibiza or somewhere like that where yeah. it's like like attracting a bunch of party type people, they don't know what the fuck a shot is. Well, that, that, it reminded me, remember the, what was it? It was either Bali or wherever, maybe Mexico or wherever it was on Orange County. Mm. The fam- the Vicky, Shannon, Tamara one where they got really fucking drunk. And, they're, and they were telling the waiter, like, we'll just do shots of Fireball. And they brought them, like, full glasses of just, like, whiskey. Like, straight whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... They don't do. That's not what this is. Like in Cancun, they might have known what you were de- talking about. Yeah. Like in Puerto Vallarta, sure, they know exactly what a fucking shot is. But also, but like, they don't know what this is in Bali. Bali I, is for like relaxing. It's not for partying. Remember when I was pissed on the Ireland trip and Jersey that they were like going to like these like Asian tapas places and like oh, stuff that was outside. Yeah. It's like, why are you ordering tequila in Portugal? Like to me, it's like wine and like that's like that vibe is more Portugal. Yeah. yeah. To me. Um, Charade starts saying that, you know, the trip is about, you know, putting everything on the table, you know, anything that you might have an issue with. So Courtney then starts uh, with Kenya and it's like, you know, brings up, you know, you know, our, if, you know, I can understand if we have like a problem or something. And as Courtney says, this Kenya is just checking her reflection in her, in her knife, like very performatively. <laughs> to me, it was giving that same energy. You know, that the gif of uh, New York, with the the knife where she's just sitting there. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it was giving that same energy. They're done uh, with Courtney. They're so done. They're really done. And honestly, I don't care because Courtney's intolerable. <laughs> like I don't understand. Normally, there's there's normally, a handful of people on Twitter that are like behind her and love her. And I'm love like, love her. And I'm like, bitch, where? You paid for these bots, ho. Like, there is no way that people are looking at this and don't see this as a fake performative bitch. And normally I would hate Candy and Kenya, like, like strong, uh, strong-arming people and not giving them, like, you know, conflict or whatever. But in this case, they're being so fucking ridiculous about it to where I'm like, yeah, you guys go. Give them nothing. Yeah. Literally give them nothing. Um. Kenya basically says that Courtney, you know, it, it was like, you know, it started fine and then it became condescending at the brunch. Courtney goes, I keep getting mean girl energy from you. And I don't think that probably is who you are to the rest of them. The, clearly design a comment designed to be like, you don't say like you were giving mean girl energy and aren't looking for a conflict. But Kenya, again, does this perfectly where she diffuses. She goes to Drew and says, oh, and Drew, I do want to thank you because you pointed out that it wasn't mean girl energy and it was just setting my boundary. And then just stops the conversation with Courtney. I just had a realization. She's Raquel. Yeah. She plans everything that she says. Everything is a performance. That The whole candy fight in the first episode was so planned out. It was scripted. Yeah. It's it was like, holy shit. It's really bad. Uh, Drew's, Drew says, you know, I told Courtney, like, it's like how I said Candy's faces are Candy's faces. Don't take it to heart. And I was like, okay, but sometimes Candy's faces are for a reason. 
Yeah. Sometimes you need to take that to heart. You should be offended because she meant it that way. Yeah. <laughs> like I said what I said. I loved it on the after show when um, Candy like called out Marla's fake relationship and she was telling the producer, and you and you will leave this in. By the way, uh-huh. do not cut this. <laughs> like I said what I said. <laughs> so then Drew brings up her issues with Sheree uh, from the brunch, you know, and she also she's like. You know, and then I also found out that you had brought this up behind my back, and because apparently Courtney told Ralph, which I'm like, okay, I don't like you, Courtney, but good on you for carrying that bone. Yeah. That Sheree was like going around. And Sheree's shit. always mad when other people carry her bones. Yeah, and then Sheree, the again, the peacemaker on this trip, right? All about the healing and you know all this stuff. This trip, organizing the whole thing. Sheree mm-hmm. then immediately gets defensive, and it's like, well, first of all, you started out with a lie. And she does she does the charade thing where when she gets caught on something, her voice goes high uh-huh. and she gets really like fast talking. First of all, you started off with a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Once when she does that, you know she's full of shit. Oh like, yeah. Uh Sheree brings up the whole like, well, you said the reunions, the stuff I brought at the reunion was taken back. And Drew's like, we already talked about this. Like like episodes ago. Drew's like, let's talk about stuff that's happening right now. And Sheree goes, that is happening right now. It's literally not. Candy that Candy though in Kenya like come in for the save and Candy goes, I mean some of the stuff was taken back at the reunion, <laughs> like it wasn't just Drew like saying this like we all had de- dealt with this. Sheree's like whoever did that had it, it ain't have nothing to do with me. <laughs> okay, oh, so who was it? Like, and, well, it was clearly Marlo's people because she ended up with all the stuff. Clearly, Candy goes, you think we're making this up? And Sheree goes, yes, I do. I like. Come on, Sheree. And then Sheree on Twitter being like, her defense now is like, well, they were just late to getting the stuff, you know, for, you know, find her, or, you know, basically like they didn't get it quick enough. And it's like, that, how does that make any sense? Sheree's the it queen was of five, having... It wasn't like a fucking sale at, at a store. Right. It's, it's not like the thrift rack. It's, what are we doing? Sheree is the queen of having multiple conflicting excuses. Yeah. It's like, these don't go together. Like, did you take it back? Or did you have everything on a rack that people were supposed to take? Because you passed it out at the reunion, and the rack was empty. So what? What? how, how did it get back on the rack? Yeah. Ken, Kenya is basically like, everyone was basically told the same thing, that we had to give this stuff back. Sonya even confirmed, in her confessional, was just like, I, was not, I didn't get a hat. I didn't get a bag. But I got then, nothing. But then she kind of halfway walked it back and was like, oh, well, I went to the bathroom. And when I came back, it was, you know, everything was gone. Karen, Karen, Sheree's water. It's, it's ridiculous. You, you mentioned like Marlo says, I got a bunch of stuff. And she's in her confessional in the She by Sheree shirt and the hat, which I thought would have been funny. Like if I didn't hate Marlo this season, I probably would have found that really probably. funny. Probably. Um, Drew's like, <laughs> I love Drew going, me and you talked about the confiscation conversation that already <laughs> happened. I'm like, I love that. Somebody was inspired by Wendy Williams. Yeah. Drew and Drew. I was so fucking proud of Drew. Drew. Like, I've, I've been iffy on Drew her first two seasons. Cause I think she does come a little rehearsed at times and is mm-hmm. a little performative, but she just nailed this right on the spot. Drew's like, you know, you know, you were talking about a lawsuit. That's serious stuff that affects me and my family. And Shrey goes, doesn't feel good. Does it? 
again, real healing, mm-hmm. <laughs> real healing behavior. And she was like, so you're trying to teach me a lesson. You're trying to go tit for tat. You're a tit for tat girl. So you're just incapable of moving forward. So how are you doing a trip about healing? You can't heal your damn self. And I was like, bitch, better her. work. And Drew's like, thank you for letting me know you're incapable. And Trey goes, and you're a liar. <laughs> Kenya makes a comment that she feels like, I feel like you guys are like big sister, little sister. And Marla goes, Drew and Trey are like sisters. Child, their relationship is more like Britney Spears and Jamie Lynn, not Venus and Serena. Well, at least now they look like sisters. Oh, it's so bad i hate her i hate her new face so so much Uh, i mean it'll probably be fine after it settles fully and it looks it looks okay in like the the um after after show show, but like girl you stole drew's face it's so bad (laughs) you stole that girl's face because she wanted she by charade yeah like i don't understand so you call she called you out for taking back the she by Sheree and you took her face too. Like that's just she couldn't have a hat in her face. Right. Sheree's basically like, you know, I was hurt by the I was hurt by Drew's comments about the reunion. I was hurt. And Drew's like, I understand that, but like I'm being vulnerable with you with my feelings. So can you acknowledge that? And then we we can get to your stuff basically. And Sheree's just like a dog with a fucking bone with this. She's just like, keeps bringing up, well, you lied about the she by Sheree stuff and that's not what happened. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, guys, multiple people have confirmed this. Like, what are you doing? Like, and it would be one thing if she was just like, look, that is not what happened from my perspective. I'm sorry that that's how you experienced it, but that is not what happened. Um, so we're just going to move forward from yeah. this. Let's just drop this and move forward. I would at but least she doesn't respect even do that. that. No, she insists on calling her a liar and she keeps acting like Drew's the only one saying this. And it's like, no, like there are literally multiple other people who have said we didn't get it either. Yeah. Uh, Sheree's basically like putting a, I'm going to put a pin in it. Can I, yeah, and she's like, can I get some of those French fries? Like, just like pin th- in it. not even apologizing. Nothing. Kenya goes, I need you to do better as a host. And Sheree's doing, goes, I'm doing a great job. Are you? Kenya goes until just now. And then I've like drew like gets like teary eyed and upset. And then like has to leave the table. Cause she's so upset. I was like, drew, don't be, you did a great job. You, you dragged her. Like it, enjoy it, your moment. <laughs> it could also be one of those things where you can handle it in the moment but like because you're in it like the adrenaline is there and it's helping fuel it but then afterwards you're like oh holy shit what just happened oh holy shit and like i've had those moments where it's like in the moment you're like yes queen work fuck yes awesome amazing and then afterwards you fall apart oh i cry you know me i cry at the moment of conflict (laughs) i would do terrible on these shows by the way i think i would do great I would I would no. literally be bawling the at any bit of conflict. So, no. you know, but I was like, "Oh, Drew, you did so well." Damn but it. But bravo, don't let that deter you from casting us on Real Witches of Pittsburgh. Here we go. I'm telling he'd be a great husband. I got I got your 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 cast witch. Make it happen. I, I like give me a cauldron. Little handheld cauldrons. It'd be cute. It would be so cute. I already um, have a cast for you. Andy, DM us. <laughs> um, that was this episode of Atlanta, though. We leave on that cliffhanger of Drew storming out. Um, good episode. I would say better than usual with Atlanta this season. Um, it'll be interesting to see the rest of this trip. Yeah. Now let's head up to New York. 
and talk about, you know, a little bit of cheese in the Big Apple. <laughs> this, so there was obviously like all this stuff about this revamp brony and like, you know, them basically firing everyone and then doing a completely new cast with sort of a new vibe of everything. And there were a, a lot of people, and I got to the point myself too, I'm like, oh God, is this going to be good? Like, is this like, you know, is this a mistake? Like, it feels like a little too like more modern. Like, I feel like I'm going to miss like the drunkness of like, and the, the ridiculousness of like Roni. Because Roni at a certain point was the best Housewives yeah. franchise, period. Yeah. Seasons one through 12 of Roni are the best television. And like, then, you know, um, there was the season that didn't happen, and then we took a break, and then now we're on season 14 for some reason. Yeah, I don't know yeah, why yeah. they skipped 13. I don't don't know why they did that, but, you know. But I, I got to like, we were, like, halfway, not even halfway, we were maybe, like, 10 minutes into this episode, and we were like, I think this is good. And then by the end, I was like, I really like this. Holy shit, this was good. Let's talk about the cast real quick. Yes, yes, yes. So we've got... Um, We've got uh, Cy De Silva. Yeah, we yeah, we start with uh, Cy's uh, sort of stuff in the episode. And so she's also, so she's an influencer. And that was also my worry when they announced the cast was mm-hmm. it felt like a lot of like influencery type people. But she doesn't give me that vibe. No. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, we'll talk about it throughout, but like there's a lot of backing to these characters that I think mm-hmm. is really important. It's not just sort of like, this front facing vibe of them, of their I'm trying to sell their personality, so to speak. Like, yeah. Like I, I'm really, I'm really excited about Cy giving like a new like face to influencers because a lot of people think of influencers and it's either fucking, um, you know, teeny boppers right, right on TikTok or it's Anila. Yeah. 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 From married. To oh, Medicine. I forgot about Anila. Like, so it's either one of those two weird extremes and it's like, she seems Cy like she actually like, does stuff. Sai like actually works and like clearly makes a good amount of money. And, and she like, is gorgeous, by the way. Absolutely. All these women are gorgeous. Yeah. There's something so striking about Sai that I yeah. really love. Um, yeah. She, yeah. She's amazing. Um, and then Bryn comes in, right? The, the, we're at Sai's place, right? Yeah, yeah. So do we want to go? So yeah, let's just go through the full cast. Yeah, so, so we've got Sai. Then we've got Uba Hassan. Who is cousins? Or yes, of cousins. Chanel Ayan from Dubai. She's from Somalia. That is like, that is such a cute little gag. I love that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I really want the this cast of New York to do a cash trip to Dubai and have a dinner with all the Dubai girls. That would be fun. Like she's, she seems really funny in the early goings. We don't get much of her story mm-hmm. this first episode, but I, she seems really playful and fun and, and, and really delightful. Um, then we get, uh, Aaron Leachy who I was, there was something when like the, I was like, she might be good. And I never heard her talk or, mm-hmm. or sort of anything, but for some, like my intuition was like, she could have a good vibe, and I think she does. Like I, I she I really, really is a good, like everyone in the like on Watch What Happens Live when they were on, and like sort of in the press stuff, were like she's kind of the shit stirrer. Yeah, and I'm like, I can see that. Yeah, I really like her, especially I like her story about like, um, you know, being Israeli and like all like I I, I again I love that we have a fully cast of people of color yeah even you know like even those like aaron passes as white and a lot of people like jenna kind of does but like i don't think so bryn a lot of people were surprised i didn't know she was half black but like 
I don't know. I, I just feel like if you spend a lot of time around black people, <laughs> you could see that shit. Sure. Like, well, I, that was a poor way to phrase that. It's not shit. Like, but you could see, like, genetic markers that are, like, clearly this is a black person, even though they're light-skinned. Right. Like, and so, like, you, you could see that the more time you spend around people of color, like, you can start to see those those markers. But, like... I I was very surprised to see people online that didn't know she was black. Yeah. Um. So anyway, we move on from Aaron um, to Jenna Lyons, who has been a lesbian icon for a long time. So she was the big name get right of of this, and I never I didn't really know her because I'm not that big into sort of fashion and stuff like that. She's the former president of J Crew, and she was big leading in sort in mm-hmm. the movement of J Crew when it was you know getting its rise. Um, I find her so fucking fascinating. Yeah. And I think she, we'll get to it, but like she, I think she, cause I think Andy said like she was like a last minute and when they were putting together the cast, mm-hmm. like she is the perfect final piece of this cast in many ways. Oh yeah. She's a, she's a, despite being a lesbian, she's a good straight man. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. She, she's, the, well, she's also a fish out of water. Like yeah. she, I think she says she's a housewives fan, but you don't really get that. She doesn't really follow the flow of a housewife show in sort of dial, especially at her party later. Like she just kind of is who she is and just is letting it. Be. I feel like we need a segment on, on this podcast called Tism watch because it's, it's me spotting all the people with autism. Oh and yeah. I, I like kind of clocked it like peripherally. And I think I would have caught it in a couple weeks, but then she was on the view mm-hmm. and talked about how her mom had uh, uh, Asperger's. So we won't get into the Asperger's diagnosis. We don't use that term anymore in the community. But um, she had autism. And um, it's just like, okay, then clearly you probably do too. Like very likely do too. And it's very evident in like the way that she moves and the way that she sees things and the way. And she she talked on The View about how like it's sort of like. Let it, because of that, she didn't have the sort of teachings of sort of like how to interact in a group, which, right? Which makes such an interesting dynamic when you're on Housewives, right? So yeah, she's great. I think she's well, and she's a good narrator because she observes. Yes, yes, yes. She's very observant. She's so a very she, trustworthy narrator. I'm yes, like, I feel like when things shake out. Um. So then we have Jessel Tank. Yes, who I I love a British accent. I love a British accent, but it's not also not like super strong. No, like it like literally they were on Watch What Happens Live, and she said something about having a British accent, and I'm like, bitch, where? <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, oh, okay, there it is. <laughs> she seems like I was like, I don't know where her place will be on the show. She she's giving a little Bone Collector vibes in the first episode. Not mad at it, which I'm I'm kind of here for. I think she'll be. Uh, I think she'll have a lot of conflict in certain regards. Well, yes, but I think clearly the messy bitch is going to be Bryn Whitfield. Oh, Br- yeah. Bryn like, is like <laughs> Bryn is like such the perfect pick for this show. I love her so much. She, can we, so we literally, I love that we start the episode. So they, they, they did like a little intro package of everyone or whatever, but I love they cut to the producer basically being like, Okay, so we're going to talk about the girls, and then bring us bitches and whores. Next question. <laughs> That's literally the first word out of a housewife. She mouth. Is, she's an enigma. I, I I really I really really love her. Um, 
they like I said, they kind of run through everyone. I love Aaron at the end of the package though, saying like, "You're looking for the real representation of New York. This is us." And I liked what I liked about this episode is that obviously they're do they're made they made the point to be like New York. Roni had gotten stale to a certain regard. Mm-hmm. There was all also the you know a lot of people saying it didn't really reflect New York city fully. Right. You know, they tried to introduce a black castmate and that didn't go well. And, and sort of all the dynamics with that. So I love that Aaron made this, like said this line, but it didn't feel like they were hitting you over the head with it. Right. It didn't feel like they were like, this is like the, it like kind of, I, 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 I haven't watched and just like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's some of the criticism. It's, like, they've gone too heavy with, like, the, like, this is the new woke sex in the city. Like, telling you over and over again that oh, it is. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's, like, not, instead of just letting it breathe. Right. And I feel like this show, it, they were able to breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really loved how, like, the first thing that we get is going to size apartment <laughs> her brownstone in brooklyn brownstone in brooklyn do you not remember the whole how long was alex mccord on the show so, yeah but like from, six seasons from season one though it they was were like, shitting on her for being so far away in brooklyn like every like ramona com- mostly oh, was we, complaining about how far they had to go to go out to brooklyn it's like really we gotta go to brooklyn like to why can we stay in manhattan fair, to be fair to be fair, Alex's place was always under construction. Sure, but, but it was. But you're right. It's such a. But it's so poignant, though. Like yeah. there was a point later where Bryn uh, goes, "God, Brooklyn is so chic," and I'm like, "You would never hear that on the old Roni." No, never. Even I think in season thirteen, I, I don't think we would have gotten that. And I think so. Not we mentioned like diversity in terms of like the casting, in terms of like ethnicity and 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 all those elements. But also, I love that everyone is from a different borough. Yes. And you really get the vibe of the borough through the character. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing, like with the launching of this new show, um, we didn't talk about Dubai. Obviously we didn't have the podcast when Dubai started. I ended up liking Dubai, but my issue I think with Dubai that I had was it took a little long to get to like the like mm-hmm. dynamics. There was so much scene setting mm-hmm. in the beginning. And it's like a lot of like telling us who these people are, where it's like, I Instead just want showing me, I just want them to interact and I can get who these people are. And that's the thing. Like I understood all these people's personalities just from them interacting with each other. Well, and I think that some of that is to be credited to the fact that we lost the castmate and they had to start oh. basically on season two or episode two. Like, cause Lizzie, who was the, the seventh cast member, yeah. um, got removed like two days into filming because basically, so she had already, like when she was announced, like she was already getting dragged on Twitter, um, because she identifies as a proud Zionist. We're not going to... This, 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 this podcast, is not gonna, a political podcast. We're not going to get into Israel-Palestine relations on this podcast. Sorry. Um, but, like, there was all this stuff about, like... And, and the, the initial reports that came out, I don't really trust at this point because it's clearly that they were coming from Lizzie. Right. In terms of, like, what was happening. But there was all this stuff about, like, her husband said the N-word at one point and, like... That's why she was kicked off. That and it's eventually like two days out. in. But two uh, days in, you couldn't have got two days without dropping a racial slur. Yeah, and she, but she claimed she was attacked for her Zionism and all this stuff. And it's like, I'm so glad she wasn't on this cast because it would be a completely different fucking. It show. would be a wet rag. It would be terrible. Wet rag. Um, but I think it was good that we had that because number one, there was drama that was clearly from like their first cast thing. Right. Um, 
the there was like the cheese party thing that happened. Clearly happened while they were filming. Clearly happened while they were filming, right? But it gave it gave us the ability to walk to just be dropped into the middle of this friend group, mm-hmm. and it and it afforded us the ability to just step into the river and be carried along as opposed to walking up to the river and being introduced to the river. And there's a boulder in the river and there's a waterfall and there's a little frog on the, like we didn't need all that. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. just walked in and got carried along. And, and it, I think it was because there was things that happened before that we weren't shown. And, you know, they were already in the middle of it. They were just going. Yeah. And, it really kind of echoed also, I think, the hustle and bustle of New York City, mm-hmm. like that constantly moving, constantly going sort of vibe that we never really got in Old Roni. And I just, it's such a breath of fresh air. Like, it's especially, like, again, it's the same feelings I had when OC started. We get that, oh, oh, it's not heavy. Oh, we don't have like and it's not, uh, generations of trauma to deal with. And on it's this not show. overproduced either. Right. Like, they're just going. Yeah. It's it's they're kind of just letting them be their personalities and it's gonna, you know, be enjoyable because they're enjoyable people. Um, we meant so we start with Sai at her brownstone in Brooklyn and she's with her kids, London and Rio. And uh, we find a little bit more about Sai that she was born and raised in Brooklyn, that you know, sort of like the importance of like having this brownstone of like, you know, I finally made it when I was like this, you know, struggling kid in Brooklyn, you know, you know, looking at these homes and being like, you know, hoping that you could live there. Um, Bryn comes over and brings gifts for her kids. And from this, I, this is where I was like, I love you, Bryn. I yeah. fell in love with her. She was like, she's in her confessional going, I just like going to her house. Cause it's like, that's what I want. Like, like she's living the life that I want. It's perfect. She's living my life. Should I, should I kill her and, and, <laughs> and take her? Like, like, like it almost could be like a psychodrama. Like, hi, I'm Cy. <laughs> and I'm like, I love you already. <laughs> you are unhinged in the best way. <laughs> Bryn is so, so we see it. Bryn is so like flirty and just like, she's sort just of like free. Yeah. It's, and, and some people think she's a little put on. I don't, I think she rides that line perfectly. Yeah. Like where it's like, Maybe you're playing up your home, your own personal personality, but I know it's your personality. Like, this is what, who you are. What's it like to be not traumatized? I know, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, as the, the, we see that, then we cut over to Washington Square Park where Aaron is meeting up with Uba. Um, Aaron, they talk about how Aaron's son, like Aaron's son apparently had like blowout diarrhea at his school because she gave him celery juice, which it's like, it's, well, they, but I think she like for like mistakenly gave him yeah. celery juice, right? It was for her. We talk, we see later with Aaron's like family dynamic. We will, and we then also cut over to Jessel, who's also going to Sai's house with her kids in the car, like going over the Brooklyn Bridge. And I love her being like, is it your first time? It's your first time over the Brooklyn Bridge. And they're like, do you even care? Like they're her like three-year-old twins. Like they don't have the context for that shit. That's the, but like that, the Aaron stuff and that. And was when I started to realize, oh shit, we actually get to see families on Roni. Yeah. I forgot how long on Roni, where it was just these single women who had no husband or boyfriend who didn't have like adult, who didn't have young kids in the home. Yeah. Like once Ramona's daughter went away and like Luann's kids didn't want anything to do with her. Yeah. And like 
And then uh, Bethany left, and that was the only other kid. Like, nobody else ever had kids. Nobody else had families. Yeah, because they were all, like, college age or older. And it's, like, it's so interesting seeing, like, three people on the show with, like, young kids and families and seeing that vibe. It's really, really interesting to me. Um, But Jessel comes over to Sai's house. Bryn goes... You know, with size kids, it's like my ovaries are flipping. I'm ready to get, like, knocked up yesterday. Jessel's kids, I'm like, mm, mm. <laughs> And we see this narrative later about how Jessel's kids are kind of a mess. <laughs> um, we th- so Aaron's talking to Uba about sort of her issues now with Bryn and Sai. And so now we get into sort of the drama that's been happening. Mm-hmm. Aaron basically says, like, she organized this, like, get-together with everyone. You know, you know, it was a big group, and it was nothing available. So I decided to pick, and then we just hear, beep. they keep, <laughs> so they, that's the other thing. They keep talking about this restaurant that Aaron, like, basically organized this uh, group tr- uh, dinner to, but they keep censoring it over, like, literally every fucking time they just censor it. And it's, we find out, I think, I forgot, it was some interview, they were like, the girls apparently made the decision to censor it because, like, we was like, I don't, we don't want to drag this restaurant, like, yeah. too much. We find out later from sleuthing of people in New York that it's catch. Yeah, I, I don't, I've never heard of it. There was a, there was a theory at one point that it was, um... Well, craft. Craft, which is Tom Colicchio's. Which I was like, that makes sense, because That Bravo. would make sense. Why would, you draw, why would you drag another show on Bravo? Like, on, especially, like, one that is based around, like, this guy's a judge on this show about where he's good at running restaurants, and you would drag his restaurant. That's not. Yeah. But it, apparently it's not that restaurant. Apparently it's Catch. Yeah. Um, so, but Cy and Bryn basically ditched them and basically like, yeah, we're, they get the, gave the impression like, yeah, we're going to go home, you know, whatever. And then Cy, it was either Cy or Bryn, I forgot who posted on their Instagram, a photo of them at Casa Cipriani's. I think it was Bryn. Yeah. And so Aaron's like, what the fuck? Like, like that's, yeah. uh, that's an asshole thing to do. Cause um, if I remember correctly, Cy was like, wait, she posted that. Yeah. <laughs> Bryn, uh, we go back to Bryn and Sai and Jessel talking and Bryn's like, sorry, I bailed on dinner. I didn't know how to say that. I wouldn't be caught dead at catch. <laughs> and Jessel, Jessel going, wait, it's not 2006. And Bryn's like, yeah, and I'm not a D-list model. Wow. And notice, but notice how Jessel later takes this bone to Aaron. Yeah. But Jessel's cutting up about it as well. Bryn's basically like, you know, I feel like some of the Olive Gardens are honestly even chicer. Like the ones with the carpets and the good breadsticks. Sai in her confessional is like, catch is good for like teenagers. And Bryn goes in her confessional, I mean, if I was like drunk enough or if I had like guests in from out of town from Florida. (laughs) Wow. I was like, yes, drag Florida. I love you. (laughs) I already love you, Bryn. Aaron basically said that Jessel says that, you know, she heard that they were talking about uh, Aaron. Also, to be fair, to set the record straight, Catch didn't open until 2011. Oh, okay. So the D-list models would have had to go somewhere else in 2016. But, vi- but the vibe was 2006. Yeah. It was, it was retro. Um, <laughs> Bryn basically then starts saying, like, you know, I talked to Aaron, and basically she says, like, you know, she's distancing from Cy after, you know, the get-together that we had two weeks ago. And Cy's basically, Cy basically says in her confession, like, I've known Aaron for years, and Aaron is always arguing with someone or mad at someone. So and I kind of get that vibe, like yeah. not not in a like, like Aaron. 
Aaron's opinionated. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're going to get a, a a Scarlett O'Hara or Scarlett O'Hara, Scarlett. What's her last name? Drag queen. Oh, Envy? Scarlet Envy. We're going to get a Scarlet Envy moment where she's like, am I the drama? Am I the villain? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Because I don't think she thinks she is. <laughs> I don't think she thinks she is either, but she clearly is going to be the drama and the villain. So, and then Bryn then lays out that she was talking to Aaron, and then Aaron said that Cy basically went up to her and was like, what's that? And she's like, it's cheese. Like, I have a cheese uh, board. And Cy's like, oh, you eat cheese? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> and Cy's like, what? <laughs> Who doesn't eat? I mean, I get that there are some people who are lactose intolerant. There are some people that are vegan. But, like, everybody else eats cheese. And I love Cyrie's eating it in her head, being like, I remember eating the cheese more than anyone. So that can't be true. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I love she, like, lays out her alibi, basically. (laughs) I ate the cheese. Why would I hate on the cheese? I ate the cheese. Yeah, <laughs> it's perfect. Um, we then go to the next scene. So we then go to Jessel's apartment in Chelsea, um, and she's with her husband, Pavit, and her mom, Nilam, who's in from uh, London to sort of help with the kids. Uh, I, I already get the vibe from Jessel immediately. So Jessel's basically like freaking out that the house is too dirty, which by the way, it looks like fucking spotless. Like, right. and she's like, no, there's fingerprints on the table. Like Pavit, can you clean when you see fingerprints? And her mom literally goes, every time we see something, we clean Jessel and Jessel goes, then how come nothing looks clean? <laughs> Ma'am, I get that you're on a new reality show. It doesn't have to be spotless. And We're it's fine. A, it's like for... Having three-year-old twin boys, it looks fine. It looks like a museum for having kids that young. Like, it's fine. We get a little bit of Jessel's background that she basically moved to London when she was 22, out of college, uh, wanting to get into the fashion industry. Um, uh, She's been married to Pavit for seven years, and basically they were best friends initially. She says at one point, I knew every little thing about him, and I fixed it, and then I married him. (laughs) And you could tell, like... I'm like, okay, so we're going to get your your relationship issues this season. Uh-huh. It's clearly, like, at one point she's like, like, Pavit's on his, like, laptop doing work. And she's like, can you go in another room and do that anywhere else? And she's like, he's like, yeah, sure, it's fine. Like, what? <laughs> like, like. It was so funny because I was like, you could have asked that a better way. You could have said, hey, I'm having, oh, who was it she was having? Oh, over? Jenna. Oh, Jenna. Like. Hey, Jenna's coming over, and I kind of wanted to sit at the table. Do you mind if you relocate? Like, no, none of that. She She was just like, can you get the fuck out? She (laughs) definitely seems like an alpha, at least in terms of this dynamic, and he's a little more passive. Yeah. Um, But Jenna stops by. (laughs) Jenna says hi to Pavit and goes, I've heard many nice things about you. Not from her, by the way. And Jessica goes, oh, oh, yeah, I would never. It takes a lot for me to speak nicely about my husband. It's like, wow. And you're saying this right in front of him? <laughs> it's great. Jenna and Jenna and Jessel seem to have a good relationship in the early going. Jenna basically is like, there's an innocence to Jessel that I really like. She's not jaded like me. <laughs> I also think, like, Jenna, We this is where we start to see, like, sort of Jenna's vibe. I love how soft-spoken Jenna is in many mm-hmm. ways, particularly in the confessional. It's that whole vibe of also, like, you want to hear what she has to say because oh, she's yeah. so soft-spoken. Like, you're paying more closer attention to I it. I can't wait to see her in a fight. That's, I wonder how she's going to do with, like, actual conflict. I have a feeling it's going to be that super stern, super quiet, super pointed, like, that sort of very crisp speaking 
well, that also, sort of stuff. She said in interviews and like press and stuff like that, like leading up, like she's like, I think like the perception people have of me is that I'm a bitch and I, I get to show my softer side on this. And so like, but clearly that's in like her work environment. But I also right. think someone's work environment is very different when you're running a company like J crew, like, you know, you, you may be a little bit of a hard ass every once in a while, yeah. but like that's, you know, I, I think there's much more depth to her that even she lets right. on. Well, and, and she mentioned on the view, you know, I, I know you had said something about her having trouble making friends and she was like, yeah, well, yeah, I used, I didn't think that I had trouble making friends, but then I realized that I paid everybody that was my friends. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's really e- easy to like someone when they sign your checks. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Jenna has this cute moment where she's, there's like, Jessel has like Oreos in like the display thing on in her kitchen. She's like, can I have one of these? <laughs> she didn't even ask. She walked in, opened the thing, grabbed it, and was putting it in her mouth as she said, can I have one of these? But also she's <laughs> like, how long have these been in here? And Poppy's like, no, they, you know, people eat them all the time. It's fine. <laughs> And she basically like her diet is basically cheese, ice cream, and coffee. <laughs> and yet she is rail thin. Oh yeah, she's gorgeous. Um, Jenna is uh, do, talking to Jessel about how she's doing a girls' night in uh, at her place, and she sent out like a video invite to all the girls with the, with like note cards, and it says, "Please wear gold, black, khaki, or all." <laughs> and she talks about how like when we were at J Crew, like you know. Um, we would do these parties all the time and we it would always be a dress code. Like we would do like, that was sort of like the way to see like people's style and sort of like they would add, like, Oh, do you like black, but you wear sequins or do like mm-hmm. feathers or whatever. So like, it, like I like the idea of it, by the way, they it's almost like a drag race challenge. Kind of like bring me, you know, out of your closet this vibe and then i really loved so she's also like reminiscing like the, they're talking about like j crew and stuff like that she's reminiscing like she used to dress michelle obama mm-hmm. when they were in the white house like, famously where j crew all the time she like she really like you know waxes about like you know when michelle came out in j crew on jay leno for the first time and like the way she speaks about it is so like poignant in terms of like you know the 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 validation Pride and and the validation that she got from it. She reminds me a lot of um, uh, Carol Radziwill mm-hmm. in way in just the way that she can like sort of just say these like little poignant things that aren't the most like story driven narrative on the show, but like give give you so much of a vibe and a learning experience in in terms of those things. Um, Jessel then brings up Cheesegate and Jenna's like, "Well, I'm doing fondue, so." You know, hey, I love cheese, so they're uh-huh. gonna have to get over it. <laughs> um, we then go to Aaron's uh, Tribeca apartment, um, and she's having like dinner with her family and and sort of extended family. Oh, her, it's I think her mother in law's birthday. Mm. Um, they're getting together. Um, Aaron talks about her parenting, and I love. She goes, most people would think raising three kids in New York City is crazy, and then I'm a lunatic. But the trick to parenting is figuring out ways for your kids to leave you the fuck alone. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I like you. She gives Bethany vibes without the now obnoxiousness of Bethany. Uh, Um, And without shoving skinny girl down our throats, at least. At least for now. For now. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, um, we find out she was born and raised in Manhattan with an Israeli family. Um, we see her husband, Abe, who he seems like fun. He mm-hmm. like, he's drinking wine out of a coffee mugs. So it's like, you know, they have sort of like a chill vibe. I like her dad. Her dad yeah. seems very cool. 
um, you know, Aaron reminisces about like when she met Abe, she's like, you know, we were dating and I was over at his house and I remember, you know, reaching my hand behind the headboard because I dropped something and finding multiple thongs. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, it made me feel better because I was also doing that as well. (laughs) (laughs) They seem fun. They have a good vibe. Basically, Aaron describes her and Abe as real good friends who like to have sex. Yep. And that's why they have three kids. <laughs> so like, yeah, it seems like a really good vibe. Um, they're all basically getting ready uh, for the party. There's this fun scene of Uba um, in her like pajamas. And she's like putting her, she's, like trying a dress on with these like really like gold, this gold dress with like, these puffy sleeves, but she's trying them on over her pajamas. <laughs> with, like, it's not working, hon. No, no. <laughs> Um, Sai is telling her husband, David, who we see for the first time about the drama with Aaron and stuff like that and lays out the whole cheese incident stuff. And David's like, so she hates you cause you're a bitch about cheese. <laughs> and Sai's like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, we find out, uh, da- her husband, David's retired. Um, so he basically takes care of the kids while she travels the world and works and stuff like that. She had talked also in, in interviews about how like one of the things was like, she never showed her husband online in mm-hmm. terms of like her work stuff and her like influencer vibe. So this is our first time getting to see him. So it'll be interesting to see that they seem to have an interesting dynamic. Um, Aaron FaceTimes Jessel because she can't figure out Jenna's theme. <laughs> I love Jessel being like, I don't, she says, I don't own anything. I don't even own anything khaki, but the way with her British accent, she goes, I don't even own anything cocky. <laughs> Well, um, and then we find out later from uh, like uh, Jenna when they're coming in, she's like, I don't get why, they, like, everyone thinks that you know, cat when they see the word khaki, they think they have to wear a chino. Khaki is a color, like, it's a girl, say tan, say tan, <laughs> not yeah. not say tan, not not the meat substitute, <laughs> <laughs> but tan, you know, the color tan, tan works. Yeah. So Jessel then basically tells Aaron everything that Bryn said at size about like the cheese stuff. And Aaron's like, this is why I don't fuck with Bryn. Bryn is a shitster who makes shit up. Like she just actively makes shit up. She's and honestly, like, I'm here for it. <laughs> she's like, I told Bryn the cheese stuff as a passing joke. Like it wasn't even that serious, <laughs> which I believe actually. I, it, it probably was so innocuous and so stupid. And Bryn was like, so she said, blah, 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 blah. She like, said, fuck your cheese. Yeah. <laughs> um, we go to Jenna setting up her for her party at her apartment in Soho uh, with her friend and her chef, Brandon, who's doing the fondue. And Brandon, holy shit, is fucking hot. Uh-huh. Very, very fucking attractive. Um, she talks about how she, Jenna hasn't had people at her home in a long time um, because she spent most of her time with her son, who she has joint custody with um, from her previous, because she used to be married to a man. Um, we find out, I th- I know later in the episodes, we're going to find out more sort of like her coming out journey and stuff like that. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, she, <laughs> I'm well aware that there is some cheese tension, but cheese is my friend and it's my house. So some cheese tension. Oh boy. Uh, Aaron stops by and first, and I love Aaron or confessional. This seems odd. <laughs> she goes, Jenna does like weird, quirky things. She like doesn't like dill, but she loves parsley. She loves olives, but not the black ones. She's a little bit of an oddball. I'm like, yeah, so quirky. Yeah, those are really <laughs> strange things. She has like food uh, preferences. Great. <laughs> like also, they, I mean, 
clearly this is an autistic thing. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm gonna stop pointing it out. But it's like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, Jenna then gives Aaron a tour of her apartment, which I fucking love. Jenna's apartment. In, in, and especially they they show the fucking shoe closet. Holy fuck that. It has its own couch. I love Aaron's like the closet is like half the apartment. It's like and like and she, Jenna said last time she counted she's at 380 sh- 380 shoes. And she's sold and bought more since then. Yeah, so um yeah, but like I also really love they talk about it later, but she, she, they're in her bedroom like going through her bedroom and you were like Oh my God, she has titties on her pillows. I fucking am obsessed with these titty pillows. Yeah. They make me so happy. And I think it's because they're just like so simple and silly and whimsical, but they're also like body inclusive because they're like all different shapes and sizes and it's like different nipple placements and like not everything is symmetrical. And it's like, Thank you. Yeah. This is great. And of course you're a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, everyone starts filing in. Um, uh, before Bryn gets there, though, Aaron basically brings up like the issues that she's having with Bryn to everyone. And how, you know, she brings up that, you know, oh, I saw Cy, you and her posted at Casa Cipriani's. And Cy goes, did I look good? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Cy's great. But I love Cy. Like Bryn's like, or Aaron's like, it's kind of an asshole thing. Like you could have just told me that you were going, that you didn't want to go to catch. And Cy's like, you're right. And, you know, I should have just told you, honestly, I just didn't want to go to catch and like cops do it completely. Yeah. And Aaron's like, thank you. In her confessional goes, thank you for being honest. Cy. this is why I don't have a problem with you. Unlike Britain. Yeah. And so, but I love that. It's like, that's why I like size vibe. You know, she's like not, you know, she didn't dwell on it too much. Yeah. Um, Aaron basically is like, I'm turned off to Brynn. Like I have no interest in her right now as Brynn is like getting ready to show up. Um, <laughs> Bryn shows up. We just, uh, the little we see of Uba this episode, Uba's just mingling with like uh, Jenna's dog, Popeye. It's so like, great. Oh, you want some of this? It's delicious. <laughs> like the, the garnish <laughs> from her drink. Uh, it was funny. Uh, this is why I, uh, this is why I love Bryn's personality. Too. She goes, she's talking to Jenna. She, Jenna's like, how are you doing? She's like, I'm scared. And Jenna's like, you're scared. She's like, yeah, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> She literally goes, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. <laughs> like, in her, like, whiny, like, sexy voice. <laughs> I love her so much. She, I love Brynn, but I love Brynn not being, like, you know, it's not like, I'm going to tell off this bitch, blah, blah, blah. She's just like, oh, God, I'm going to get shit. You know, I'm going to get torn apart. She clearly is like, I know the role I play. I am the young one. I, I get it. Okay, fine. She goes, the only thing that's comforting me is the fact that I don't think Aaron would commit any sort of crime or homicide in Jenna Lyons' apartment. <laughs> and she go, she's like, oh, I can't, you know, I, I kissed Aaron like, mwah, mwah, nice to see you. She's like, I know I'm about to get spanked. <laughs> she's so like, she's so like outwardly sexual. It's crazy. Aaron, I love Aaron in her confessional goes, I'm not going to get into it with Brynn immediately. I'm going to give it some time. I'm going to eat some cheese and then I'm going to fuck her up. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna does like an icebreaker game with them, which I, this was, I think done really well as opposed to like the icebreakers done in other vibes, which are always shady and pointed. Jenna's basically like small talk is my kryptonite. So this is how I'm doing. 
Reason number 842. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, Uba. So they talk about like what would there's a question like what would your ideal porno be or whatever. Uba basically says my ideal porno would be halal. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to decipher what she meant by that. <laughs> I, yeah. Maybe she likes food in bed. I don't know. I, maybe. Bryn says, that, this is so, like, I was, when she said this, I was like, this is so Bryn. She says her porn preference is massages that go too far. <laughs> That's definitely her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, I get that vibe immediately. Aaron then talks about how, like, some, you know, because uh, the topic of, like, who's the top or bottom or whatever. Aaron's like, sometimes I'm I'm the top in bed, but also, like, my husband doesn't get turned on unless like I come like, like he can't come unless I come. And then they show Brandon, the chef just like listening in. <laughs> also straight people using the words tops and top and bottom. And I'm like, girl, well, I love what Jenna said. Jenna's like, you know, I'm, I'm into women. So like everyone gets taken care of. And I, the way she put in her confessional was like so interesting. She goes with a man and a woman, there isn't an assurance that both people are going to finish. Right. With a woman, you understand how it works, so you're both there to make it happen. And I was like, that is so fucking true. Yeah. Like, well, and I mean, the same thing with gay men. Like, we, like, it's not over till we're both done. And I just feel like that's why straight people are so mad at us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, I love Jenna. Because they have really bad sex. <laughs> yeah. Jenna on The View was like, I don't know why, pe- you know, why people are worried about, you know, coming out as gay. The sex is great. <laughs> Um, they talk about what they're addicted to. Jussel says she's addicted to shopping. Uba, Uba then says, like, I'm addicted to bananas. And they're like, huh? <laughs> I I love her. She's so random. Yeah. Um, uh, the, but they transition to this perfectly because Sai tells Aaron, like, you needed a banana that day that you had diarrhea. And Bryn goes, diarrhea of the mouth or actual? And Aaron goes, no, you actually had the diarrhea of the mouth. And then this is when they get into the fight about the whole cheese oh, stuff. Oh, cheese. Aaron brings it up. Oh, cheese. And Sai's like, yeah, you've basically said that, like, I, I was, you know, a bitch to you or whatever about the cheese plate. And Sai, and Aaron's like, that wasn't true, though. Bryn is lying. <laughs> and then Bryn tries to lay out the story. She's like, I was going to meet you at Costa Chip. And, and Aaron goes, oh, your favorite place. <laughs> and Bryn's like, <laughs> like, it's like, like the shock look of like, oh, you got me there. <laughs> Uber in her confessional. It is mind boggling. These girls are fighting over cheese, but I get it. We're in New York. There are a lot of rats here. (laughs) (laughs) You see in New York, it's fine to call people rats in Jersey. It'll get you killed. Basically. Sai is basically like, this is the stupidest fight at the end of the day. And, but Bryn and Aaron are still going over like whether Aaron said it or whether Bryn's lying. And, and Jenna's like, you guys got to like, you know, yeah, this is getting stupid. And Aaron's like, okay, so then let's go finish and talk. Like, let's go in the other room and talk like, you know, away from everyone. And Aaron's like, what, you think I'm going to like punch you in the face or whatever? I, I love how, was it in the confessional where, where Bryn is just like, Ooing and awing at the the, yeah, yeah. the closet, and she's like, "I'm gonna die in here." Ooh, that's pretty. Yeah. That. <laughs> um, she Bryn in her confession goes, "She's very adamant about taking me back there and not and not doing to me what Abe does uh, to her, but having a different sort of way with me. It's not gonna be as fun." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aaron and Bryn then go have a talk in Jenna's room. Um, 
Yeah, and Aaron basically is like, you know, I didn't, you know, it's not even the matter of the cheese thing or the restaurant stuff. I just don't like the wishy-washy stuff. And Bryn, again, like much like Sai, is just like copying everything. Is like, yeah, I agree, etc. You know, we we can move on from this. Bryn is like, you know, I understand. Like, it wasn't about spending. It it wasn't about the restaurant. It was about spending quality time, and that I get. Like, you know, you know, and Aaron even in their confessionals, like, it's hard to stay mad at Bryn, and I'm like. It really is. It really is. Like she, you can't really be mad at her. And then they basically organize. It's like, okay, let's all plan to just like walk out in Jenna's clothes and act like it was like, <laughs> and, and act like we just got in this big fight and see if she notices. And they start like trying to put on the shoes and Aaron's sitting in Jenna's chair and it just collapses. <laughs> <laughs> but it clearly wasn't like a chair for sitting. Like it was just like a decorative like piece or something. Oh, I think that Jenna had, Jenna at some point, maybe it was when she was on The View, says something about, it wasn't, it, it was already broken. Like it wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't, it was just there because it was pretty. Yeah. Like you can't sit in that. Brent, Brent, they're laughing and Bryn's like, I can leave you right now and fuck you over so hard. <laughs> so they get dressed in like her jackets and stuff. Like Bryn, Bryn comes in acting as if she's like crying and like that it went terribly and they're like, what? But they eventually just like break and they start laughing. But like, you can tell Jenna is like, Oh, it's funny. Oh, they're, I just noticed they're in my clothes. And then Bryn, Aaron, and Cy go into hug. And then Jenna on her has a look on her face like, <sighs> she's like, I know with sequence and lace, they just intertwine. And they get, <laughs> and as soon as Bryn and Aaron get connected and, and, and Jenna's like, it's, it's the vibe of like, I'm really upset right now, but I can't vocalize it. I got to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Conceal, don't feel. <laughs> yeah, Jenna's like, I'm more worried about the shirt that's Valentino, but that's okay. It's fine. It's, it's fine. <laughs> and Jenna's like, you know, Bryn wasn't even wearing the shirt on right. You're wearing it backwards. The zipper goes in the back, not chic. <laughs> and that's how we end the episode. This was such a great fucking oh, yeah. episode. The ratings did okay. I people were like rating the ratings. People are like ratings hounds on on Twitter right now for Housewives and I'm like one rating the ratings dynamic is completely different now with streaming. Yeah. Like you have to factor streaming into everything. And honestly, I think it's going to grow because I think anyone who was trepidatious about this, the dialogue that's been online about how good it was, like I think more people are going to be tuning in. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really great. Love this new season. Excited to see uh, what comes of it. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we are talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Orange County. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, 
Fuck your laws, fuck your system. Transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and a Zimby. Let's head on over to California, where we're spilling tea and champagne <laughs> on the Real Housewives of Orange County. New episode of Orange County this week. This was, I, we were, I was, we were very into this episode when we I were was, watching I was, we it. were, we were, they were, I were, we were. I, could, I, was, I was so stuttering because it was like really. His like, flowers were gasted. Yeah, it was very, a very funny and a very like good confrontational episode. Yeah. Like it, it was really good. Um, we start with a kind of a cold open of Gina basically briefing Emily on everything that happened in Montana and like why she's pissed at Heather and sort of everything going on with that. And Gina going, Heather is having the sushi party on Friday. She will acknowledge my feelings or I will not continue a friendship with her. Well, I'm like, okay. Um, so you know how last week I was like, putting in the two like putting forth like the two situations of what this whole gina heather thing could be Mm -hmm. of like whether it's sort of like from a story perspective or just from like a what they're feeling i'm kind of leaning towards the story one and the only reason i say that is because i feel like emily had the same idea this episode Mm -hmm. i feel like Mm -hmm. emily was like well i'm not feuding with anyone and i kind of loved it and like but I kind of saw that it seemed a little calculated on Emily's part. But Emily is very underratedly calculated. Yeah. I mean, again, she is a lawyer. Yes. And she uses her lawyeries and, and like, um, the sort of interrogation tactics of a lawyer, like, perfectly. Oh, like, yeah. Um, we see some uh, couple scenes. Uh, I I I know I promised that I'm never going to talk about Tamara Sun Ryan on this podcast in depth, but the only thing I did like was that like they're talking about uh, uh, Bronx, the Tamara's dog who died, um, and she's like, I got I basically divided ashes for all of you guys. I gave you Bronx's ass end. I was like, yeah, that that's what he deserves. Yeah, give him the shit. Give him just a box of dog shit. Fucking Woody from Toy Story looking motherfucker. Like, <laughs> don't besmirch Tom Hanks like that. No. Yeah. Ugh. More like Chet. Um, <laughs> uh, Emily uh, is talking with Shane and the kids. Uh, she's wanting to do a pool party over at uh, Shane's mother-in-law's backyard for the girls. <laughs> Emily going to Annabelle. Have you ever seen a slip and slide? And Annabelle goes, for women? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to decipher that. I think she means like you're doing it for your adult friends and not for children. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Which yes, it's like also read her bitch read her. Right. 
Um, we then go to Shannon and John. They're at John's house making dinner, and John lives like on the water or whatever, mm-hmm. like in this like. Which I mean, I feel like is like a. It's cool having the boat mm-hmm. and the water like that, sort of in that vibe. Um, this kind of reminds me of. Whose place were they at where they had the party, uh, Shannon's first season, where she blew up and walked out? Oh, at Lizzie's? This gives me that sort of... The, we're all seeing the fucking truth. Yeah. yeah. But like a, a smaller version of that, but very much those same vibes of right on the water. Like, it's right. You know. yeah, anyway. I can see that. Um, Shannon talks about in her confessional how like they, the, her and John have basically discussed living together when the kids all go off to college, but that they haven't really gotten to like the details of everything. Yeah, I there's know. There's a reason for that. I know. <laughs> because it's... he's leaving you as soon as cameras are, good, are down. Yeah. I felt, I felt really bad. Um, the, the Shannon keeps like dropping stuff out of the refrigerator. <laughs> like every time she opens the refrigerator to grab something, John goes, maybe if you open it more softly. Like, <laughs> and she's like looking at the, she's like, the, this shelf should be higher. I mean, the, the, it, should, it should be higher. This really should be higher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they had just apparently had dinner with uh, her daughter, Sophie and her boyfriend, Reese. And Shannon had talked about how like they had been thinking about getting married and stuff like that. Um, Shannon basically, Shannon talks about how like, you know, She's because she was worried. She's like, Is it the right time? Are they rushing, etc.? She's like telling John this. And Shannon's basically like, You know, there were red flags with David that I didn't pay attention to. So I'm, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I'm always about taking my time and, you know, all that stuff. But also, like, chill out because yeah. they specifically said not until both of us have graduated and, like, we're stable and, like, they're, like, thinking responsibly Shannon, about that sort of thing. We see it like, like, like Shannon is definitely in freak out mode. Oh, like, when is she not? Well, well, she, I mean, she does have her fun Shannon moments. Um, <laughs> but she, like, she talks later about, like, the kids are going to college. She has to get all of her kids in college and pay for it. Yeah. And, like, she's got, she's, like, balancing all these projects. With and people. even John was like, I get really stressed out when you talk about this stuff. Yeah. John says, like, and, and it's uh, like, you know, Shannon's like, I just have all these like balls to juggle, essentially. And John's like, I just want to make sure you have periods of time where you take your mind off of that and you know, for us to just have fun. And I think he came out like I like John. I love John. Yeah. I actually think he's great for Shannon. It sucks that they're broken up now. Yeah. Like, but I think he's a good guy. Yeah. Like, and, all, and we were talking like it's. It sucks seeing these scenes with them, but also it's not like a case where like he cheated on her or like some like. It was just that while he was good for her, she wasn't necessarily good for him. And that doesn't make her a bad person or toxic or anything. It was just that he wasn't getting what he needed out of the relationship. And so like, I get it. But he's like, I just, you know, want you to be able to take your mind off things at times and for us to just have fun. And Shannon goes, do we still not have fun? And John's like, no, we have fun. Like it's, but you could, that's, that's so Shannon of like her, like it's a lot of, it's probably the relationship with David, like yeah. internalizing, like, are we okay in this moment? Like, am I doing enough? Am I, you know? Yeah. Cause she constantly had to manage him and yeah. manage his emotions. And there's kind of just like an awkward silence between the two. Like, like there's no, like, John, like John, like has like a sweet, like being like, no, I, you know, we have great times, but like, there's a silence to where it's like Shannon, it's not good enough for Shannon, I guess. Or like, yeah. like, she, and he's just like, okay, I'm going to tend to the girl. And it's like, Oh, this is bad. Yeah. Um, we go to Tamara getting her nails done with Emily and Heather, um, for a get together. Tamara basically tells, uh, Emily, you know, cause Emily's like, how was the Montana trip? 
Emily, Emily, or Tamara tells Emily about what Heather said about like appreciating everyday people because she, after she was shoveling shit and stuff like that. And Emily just goes, well, that sounds very condescending. It was like, what? <laughs> like, like I, what we did say it was condescending, had a tinge of condescension at the time, but like you weren't there, Emily. And you were immediately like, that's condescending. Like Emily knew going into this, what she yeah. was doing. Like she was very convinced to just like not take Heather's side in any of this. Yeah. Um, Heather basically comes in and is like, yeah, my back is like killing me after everything. Emily goes, did you enjoy shoveling shit? And Heather goes, yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, is, is it, wasn't that your highlight of the trip? <laughs> yeah. Um, Emily's like, how was Taylor on the trip? I haven't really got to know Taylor all that well. Tamara goes, ask Heather. And Heather goes, she was great. <laughs> a great time. And t- Heather lays out like what happened with the whole movie role thing, et cetera. Emily basically tells Heather though, that like, you know, I can understand, like you can be hurtful sometimes. And Heather goes, I'm sorry, hold on, hold on. That wasn't very nice. <laughs> like, and here's why you're assuming that she's in the right and I'm in the wrong. Like, Heather is basically like, look, I took time out of my day packing two kids to go to college and I went to go for her reading and we had a good time. And Tamara goes, that kind of sounds condescending, though. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Stop. Like, like, oh, my God. I get so frustrated when when people are like, well, but you should be happy to put your life aside and go do stuff for other people. No, she's got twins that are going off to college who don't know how to do this stuff on her on their own and they're going across the country. And so like, yeah, of course she's going to worry about it, especially like with like Max coming out and all of these things like she she's been nurturing these kids. She's put her life on hold for these kids and she just wants to make sure that they are launched properly. Yeah. And they get out there in the best and like also and I brought this up to you when we were watching it. It's like I, I'm I'm sorry. Your own life should be the most important thing in your life. Well, because yeah, cause I was gonna say because Emily goes, it comes across like you're better than everyone else, and your life is more important. And you were like, it, it is be. more important for her. Like Heather's life should be more important to Heather than anyone else's outside of her core family. Yeah, it's like you can say this about anyone in this group, really. Like, yes, I had to take time out of making sure that my kids were taken care of to come over here and do this thing for her. And I was happy to do that because she's my friend and I want to make sure that she is getting into this acting career on her best foot. And I was happy to help her with that. Yeah. But it still does not take away from the fact that I had to walk away from preparing my children for college. And yes, am I bougie? Am I buying them all the nicest things? Yes. I absolutely am, but I'm Heather motherfucking DeBro. But that's the thing. Like, like, that's why we like Heather. Like, that. Like to me, like, I saw a great tweet, which was like, the thing that Emily doesn't get is like, we like that Heather's pretentious. That's the point. That's the point, Yolanda. Is that she is this pretentious person with all these fucking messes. Like, yeah, because despite as like how bougie and how like glamorous her life looks at the end of the day, She's still fucking relatable in certain ways. Yeah. Like I could still look at her and go, I still, I, I want to be a parent like that. Yeah. I want, I want to have 
a relationship with my kids like she has with her kids. Right. I like I can still look at elements of her life outside of the wealth porn of it all and still go, that's a person I relate to. And I don't get that with everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Especially in Housewives land. <laughs> and Heather, though, goes off in her confessional. She's like, don't make sweeping generalizations about my behavior. Let's look at your behavior. Should we make sweeping generalizations about your mean, unattractive aggressiveness? <laughs> <laughs> Tamara also basically says, they talk, the Taylor stuff, Tamara's like, I mean, Heather told Taylor to fuck off. And Heather goes, no, I said fuck you. And Emily goes, well, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> And then they cut to this woman across from them getting her nails done, just looking at them, just a mouth agape. And she, she literally mouths. Wow. I, I love how she's just like, not even trying to hide watching this happen. Like, and she's clearly like passing judgment on these women. And she's sitting over there fully in like immersed in her mama June-ness. Yes. Very and mama it's June. just like, Girl, I'm going to need you to stop passing judgment on these other women who are just living their life just like you are. Like, they have cameras on them. So do you. Yeah. <laughs> Heather's like, you know, yeah, I'm inviting, because they asked, like, is Taylor coming to the party? And she's like, yeah, I'm inviting Taylor. I'm not punitive like that. I love every time. He Heather loves the word punitive. That's very punitive. <laughs> Look, she has a broad vocabulary and she will use it. Yes, indeed. We then go to Jen's yoga studio as she's teaching a session. Um, we talk, she talks a little bit how, you know, her and Will were always sort of like financially dependent on each other. And so like she really needs the studio to be successful to sort of prove to herself and prove to others that she can do it on her own. And she doesn't have to rely on anyone else. So that's kind of a motivating factor for her. Gina comes over and brings her like a candle um, and they have a conversation about everything that sort of happened on the Montana trip. Gina's basically like, I feel really bad about how everything panned out. Gina says, like, it forced me to, like, process things that I should have years ago, which, good. Like, at least you know that part. And I, liked, I did like how Gina put it, like, even though we're on opposite sides of this, it's still the same journey. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing that I've always loved about Gina is because she's messy in the moment. Mm. And then she takes time to reflect. And usually ends up on the right side of an issue. Sure. And, I mean, there's something very human about that. It's like, yeah, I'm going to be messy and I'm going to be angry in your face. And I may say something that is maybe not the most appropriate thing. I may have an opinion in the moment that is not the best. But you know what? I'm going to take my time and I'm going to think about it afterwards like the anxiety-ridden bitch I am. <laughs> and... I'm going to realize I was wrong, like I'm wrong in everything, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to own that shit. Sure. As long as you own it, like, I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, Jen's, Jen talks about, like, you know, me and Tamara got to a really good place by the end of the trip, you know, you know but I set the expectation that, you know, you know, she needs to show up for me and, you yeah. know, and come to me directly with stuff and, you know, be that friend. And I told her this. And Gina in her confessional, it's like, Tamara showed up already. She fucking dragged your shit all over town. Like... <laughs> it's true yeah. um shane uh is coming home from work uh and uh talking to emily um we see that emily has been texting more with her mother we saw a couple episodes ago she talked about her relationship with her mm -hmm. mother um and she had been sending like old childhood photos and stuff like that and emily was like oh my god it looks like keller it looks like the kids and like you know all that and she gets really emotional about it um she talks about you know 
we get a little bit of backstory also that like she was like when my mom when we were in the house like she says that her and her sister basically had to do everything essentially Mm -hmm. and sort of raise themselves in many ways and she's like when my mom was home she was basically depressed over the divorce and would basically sleep all day and so you as a kid you don't think about why that's happening right and you don't have the language or the ability to like be a person to help that person yeah so it sucks. Like, well, and it explains so much about Emily, mm-hmm. why she so needs to be in charge of everything because she's so used to that. Yeah. And if she wasn't in charge, then everything would go to shit. That's true. And I just, I love how she, like, you can see the evolution of her trauma and all of that, but you can also see where she has gone to therapy and she is really like, analyze like where this comes from and she has moved past the anger and frustration with her mom to really kind of understanding where her mom was Mm -hmm. and able to give her mom the grace yeah and i just i i really appreciate that because that's hard to do to move past the hurt and the pain that you've felt uh, that you rightly felt for being put in a situation you should not have been in as a child right to move past that and go, but you were in a situation you shouldn't have been in either. Yeah. And she's like, you know, she hasn't been down since like 2019. I'm thinking of inviting her down. And Shane's like, I think it would be good for, you know, building the relationship. And she cries. And then we see this moment of her calling her. And like, it's kind of almost, it's almost like a hidden camera moment, sort of. It's yeah. not really because the door is wide open. But like, we just see Emily's back as she's like talking to her. And she's crying. And it... It got me a little choked up, to be honest. I don't yeah. know why, like, family scenes like that do that to me on Housewives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really sweet, and it was, you know, a good moment uh, between them. I'm really liking Emily this season. Yeah. I think she's doing some great stuff. We go to Shannon as she's going used clothes shopping with her two uh, twin daughters. Um, <laughs> this whole scene. Oh, God. They had just gotten back from Paris with uh, their dad. Um uh, she, Shannon basically gives this whole monologue in her confessional about how she shops at consignment all the time to get things off gassed. So it's like for like environmental purposes, right? Is that I didn't understand this personally. So it, it's she's basically just saying that new clothes sometimes smell like plastic in a factory. Oh yeah, and that once cl- like once clothes have been worn and washed a little bit, they don't smell like that anymore. Mm-hmm doesn't make a damn di- bit of difference. Not really. Other than you reusing clothes and like all of that stuff is good for the environment because you aren't spending the extra energy to make new clothes. Right. So I get that, like that part of it, but the off-gassing girl. Yeah, but you, but we but Shannon is, we know Shannon to be this kind of She's a little woo-woo. Yeah, very very I, woo-woo. And I'm saying this as a pagan witch. <laughs> like she's a little woo-woo for me. I agree. Um Shannon is talking to the girl is basically being like, you know, you know, you know, people are already your your classmates are already, you know, getting you know, to this college thing, you know, with, you know, their applications and stuff like that, you know, you guys need to get a college counselor. And she's like, and her daughter's like, you know, dad said, we don't really need a college counselor. We just need like an essay um, you know, instructor or whatever. And Shannon's like, no, like, cause they're like, I agree with, she's like, I agree with him that like, you know, I already know what school I want to go to. So I don't really need a college counselor. And Shannon's like, no, but they'll help you craft your application. That's, you know, good in, in that regard to where you can get into these schools. Yeah. These days it's not even just, it's not like, cause college counselors back when you and I were in high school 
were literally just people going, okay, so what do you want to major in? Yeah. Okay, well, what have you done in high school? Great. So these are the places that that's kind of going to work. Like, that's all that it was. But, like, nowadays, it's so fucking competitive. Right. That you literally need a marketing expert. And they're trying to get into, like, NYU and USC. So it's, like... Yeah, like, these are, like, high-level schools. Like, it's not like they're going to community college or something. Like, this is hard to get into. Yeah. And Shannon's basically like, you know, don't listen to your father. You need to get a college counselor. And her daughter's like, well, that puts us in a difficult position. Shannon's like, I'll be in the difficult position. It's fine. Like, sort of like, you know, you don't have to worry about that. I'll deal with him. You get into college. <laughs> yeah. And then Shannon's talking about like the expensiveness of like going to one of those schools. And then she does in her confessional, my favorite Shannon Bedorism, which she goes, do I think the Bedore clan is going to be inundated with scholarships? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> and then I love it. I will say I was impressed that she actually knew the ballpark figure for these two for tuition to these schools. Oh, you know, she's researched the fuck. Well, but you know, there's so many rich people that like are out of touch for the cost of things. Yeah. It's like, what is a gallon of milk? Twelve dollars? Oh, like, yeah, holy yeah. shit! What? No, it's no, not but, twelve. No, but Shannon—that's the difference. Shannon is the one to be so hyper focused yeah. on money and like you know she's rich, but like she's she's very sensitive. she's rich because she pinches every fucking penny and knows exactly where it's going and exactly the work it's doing for her. But we say, I mean, fairness, we say she pinches every penny. Her daughters get like two sweatshirts at this shop and she's like, yeah, I'm going to, Shannon's like, you know what? I'm going to get this purse for myself. And the sweatshirts are like 84 bucks and the, the bag is like $3,000. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But that, that bag was like Louie. It would have been like two or three times that new. Fair. That's it's, fair it's like Birkin bag, like expensive. Yeah. Um, Heather arrives at the boat for her. I will say in the confessionals in this scene, she's wearing like this pink feathered thing. And the producer goes, is this off gas? Then she goes, perhaps not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Heather, (laughs) Heather arrives at the boat. But then we, before we get to like the, everything sort of happening, we see Emily FaceTiming Gina before they head out. And Gina basically is like, yeah, Heather texted me. And she's like, I'm so excited to get to see you since Montana. You know, I want to just have fun. And Emily's like, that text is calculated to say, like, I want to, I just want to have fun. That's her saying, don't ruin my party with your bullshit. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, is everything calculated by Heather? (sighs) You're like, you're reaching a little bit, guys. Like, come on. You uh, you know what's calculated this storyline. There you go. <laughs> um, Taylor's the first to arrive at the boat, though. And Heather and Taylor have a moment where, like, they, Heather's like, you know, I know everything that happened in Montana. You know, I just want to, you know, I heard your, I apparently really hurt your feelings. And I want to apologize for that. And Taylor's like, yeah, I want to apologize, too. Like, it's, you know, I shouldn't, I, you know, it was a big misunderstanding and i blew things up and etc and And i I really apologize for my part in that and then they cut to (laughs) to heather's confessional and the producer goes do you apologize for your part in it and And heather Heather goes i think taylor is really sorry for starting all of this in the first place (laughs) i'm like heather (laughs) i love her so much uh we also so also heather basically tells taylor also that she invited the acting coach lauren 
also on this to this party, who I love, by the way. Uh-huh. She was giving such good facial expressions during like the fight. She was like asking questions to like. Pro- she was great. <laughs> like, well, she is an actress. Yeah, <laughs> she was like she knows what role she was filling. Yeah, it was perfect. Uh, Heather's just like I, you know. My issue with, you know, she says the comment about, I think Taylor's really sorry for starting this in the first place. You know, I just don't want issue because I'm hoping that we can make it to the entree this time. And because I forgot, I was like, oh, so this is all a make ahead from last year where she like, because they fought at her house. So they were like, oh, that $3,000 of Nobu sushi, like you can get rid of it. <laughs> like It wasn't three, add a zero to that. Oh, it was 30. It was like 30 grand. Yeah, it was, huh too much um nobu doesn't care they got their money either way shannon shannon and tamra show up and i just love shannon going ahoy it's not shannon unless she like (laughs) has a catchphrase or an accent or something also her so gina shows up as well and gina i don't know her and shannon were wearing these like platforms that these heels that were like like it's like you're going on a boat like what the hell like it, it was it was a bad choice. Shannon goes, oh look, G- look at Gina. She's got some hooker shoes on, like I have on. <laughs> oh jeez. They're all sort of like talk, start like getting ready to like dock out or whatever. And then Tamara fucking spills a drink again in her lap, and she's just like, "Why every time we get on a goddamn boat?" <laughs> and she tries to blame it on Heather, and then they do a, a slow motion replay, and no, bitch, it was you. Yeah, uh, Emily invites them all to her pool party next week, <laughs> and I love Shannon going. What do you mean by pool party? <laughs> and they're all like, so like a cover up party? Like we're not like going. We're like, wearing bathing suits with cover ups and not getting in the water. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> There's also a moment where like. Um, there because it is like pink, like sort of like boat, but then there's another boat that passes that has like balloons on it for like a bride to be or something. Oh like. my god, and it's like, oh, is she getting married? And Tamara goes, oh, poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> the shade they do- they eventually dock, but they slam into the barge like hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, it was a lot. Um, but then they go to Nobu, uh, and eat outside, um, and all that. Um, I don't know if you noticed that like with the seating arrangement, like Tamara's like, oh my God, Shannon, you're so far away. And they're like fake reaching at each other. I was like, Heather did that intentionally. Heather was jealous of the Tamara Shannon bond. Right. So Uh she sat them further enough from each other to where they wouldn't like, uh, huh. Yeah. And where, where Shannon was down at her end of the table. She's like, yeah, I got you back, bitch. Yeah. Exactly. She's my friend. <laughs> Heather Base is like, hey, guys, can we... I was wondering if you guys can all sign this card for Max because she's having a really tough time at school. Like, like even the ones that, like, don't know her. Like, so, yeah. But it's cute. Um, she got them all basically these monogram silver chopsticks, right, with their names on it. And then these Tom Ford candles um, that say on the bottom, too fabulous to shovel shit in Japanese. <laughs> Okay. And then Emily's like, in her confessional, I don't know anyone more unaware of being unaware. It's like, it was cute. Come on. It was funny. I love, there was a great tweet because Gina in her confessional was like, how does she get the time to like get, you know, monogrammed chopsticks and these candles? Like I didn't even unpack from Montana and someone on Twitter was just like, it's called money, Gina. She has money. Uh Uh-huh. Also, she why would she not just 
you know she had this planned in advance. Like, this wasn't planned in the spur of the moment. Right. She planned this, like, two months ago. Yeah. Tamara makes it known that she's been taking shots with Shannon of tequila, t- t- shots of tequila with Shannon all day, basically. I'm like, well, this is great. <laughs> this is starting off on the right track. Uh, Tam- what did I say? I think I said, like, Tamara's going to blame most of this shit on her, on the, on being drunk. Like, uh-huh. Uh, everything is like, I drank too much. I drank too much. Um, Emily asked about Montana. By the way, Emily clearly already knowing everything that's happening. Oh, Montana. yeah. Like, it, it's so, like, obvious what's happening. Heather goes, like, you know, I said, you know, maybe we should talk about the highs and stuff like that. Like, you know, not the low points. And Tamara immediately goes, Gina got triggered by Jen. <laughs> Tamara's like, we're not playing that game. No. no. It's not Kumbaya here. Um, t- G- Jen's like, yeah, me and Gina got to a better place. Yeah, we're, I, we're good. Tamara makes a comment. I feel like if you know someone's past, you know where they're going in their future. And Heather's like, I love Heather for this. She's like, but isn't it okay to like evolve and like hit the reset button? And everyone's like, no, no. And it's like, but he- I with Heather, like Heather was basically be like, I, it was a kind way of Heather saying like, can we leave Jen alone now yeah. about this divorce? Like well, in this affair, like I get both sides of it because your past like inform who you are today. Or in, I said that right. Yeah. yeah, your past informs who you are today, but also like it's today. Like that's information, but it's not who I am today. I've evolved since then. Mm-hmm. So like, it's both. Yeah, Emily's like, I just wanted to know Jen. You know, getting to know her for the first time, and so that's why I was asking questions because I think her past is important. And Tamara goes, Well, I think you already knew a lot of her past, though. And basically being like that it's been around, you know, town and that. And Tamara goes to Jen and goes, I always told you a bazillion times just to be honest. And Jen goes, I am being honest. Like, what the fuck do you want from me? Like, here we go. Yeah. And Shannon, Shannon's like, okay, but in fairness to like Jen, like there was new information in Montana that was sprung on her in the trip. And Emily goes, what new information? And (laughs) Shannon goes, penis picture. (laughs) It was so good. And then I love, this was an underrated funniest scene. They cut to this flashback of, because Emily's like, oh, I know about the, the dick pic. And, and Shannon's like telling Emily in this like meeting, like, so Tamara uh, said that Jen's uh, uh, boyfriend, Ryan, sent a penis picture to her friend. And, and Emily goes, so a dick pic. And, and Emily's like, Shannon, just say dick pic. Like, say dick pic. And Shannon goes, uh, dick pic. <laughs> like, she's, she's clearly so uncomfortable saying dick. <laughs> it's so funny. But she's like laughing. It's it's so good. Um, Jen, uh, you know, she, you know, Jen's like, you know, if Ryan fucks up, you know, and it's not like I'm just going to like sweep it under the rug. And Tamara goes, hasn't he already fucked up? Referring to the what Jen says was when they were on a break, right? And Tamara's like, you know, it worries me at the end of the day. And Emily asked Tamara, like, do you think Ryan will be loyal? And Tamara goes, no, I don't. And that's what hurts Jen. And Jen's like, but you know what hurts me is when you air all my shit out to my new friends that I'm fucking making and going behind my back. And Tamara is like screaming at this point, like just full, like, quote unquote, drunk screaming. And it's like, we come from a small town that knows he's a fucking whore. He walked into my gym and said he wanted to fuck me. And then Tamara then decides to bring up the what Eddie had told her on that hike about mm-hmm, they were at mm-hmm. that party and then Ryan's friend told her to you know keep an eye on your wife because Ryan goes after married men. 
And this women. is what married women, not men. <laughs> Let's not put that. And either. he's already had those rumors out. It's fine. Um, but no, but she brings this up to Jen and Jen goes, do you want to talk about that party and how you and I were on the phone that day? And we both were going, Oh God. Oh wait. And Tamara's basically like, bring it on. Essentially. Like, you know, I knew back then you had the hots for him. And then Jen goes, who else did? And, and then Tamara literally gives up the ghost. She's but like, she like Paul, you could tell like Tamara has like a kind of shocked look on her face. Like, like there's like a momentary like moment of just like her processing what yeah. Jen just said. And Tamara goes, not me, sweetie. If that's what you're insinuating. And then Jen just goes, I'd watch it, Tamara. And we were both like, Ooh, Ooh, it's good. Jen came to play today. I was so proud of Jen. This whole scene. Yes. I was like, you've arrived. You have fucking arrived. And then Tamara's like, oh, really? Watch myself? And she throws her napkin in Jen's face and then, like, storms off, being like, you're dating a fucking asshole. And then, like, storms off. And Shannon, she literally does the full runaway through from, the arches. From uh, Bali or whatever it was. Yeah. She, it's like when Tamara is running and leaving, it's never a good sign. Never. It's never a good sign. And Shannon chases after her. The ladies are talking to Jen about it. And, and they're basically like, you know, this is your time to say something. Tamara is like venting to Shannon outside. Like, I can't fucking believe like, and for her to say that, like I was like hitting on Ryan and she's like, is that what she said? <laughs> like Tamara's like, and Tamara goes, he's like this fucking tall, <laughs> like offhandedly. Also, Eddie's not tall. Yeah. Like, he's. It's a weird thing to say is like your defense. But then, so Jen basically says that like, and I agree with her point, which is like Tamara was essentially cracking jokes at this barbecue being like, you know, calling right, you know, come over. I'm here with hot gym guy. And then also at one point telling Jen, you know, uh, should I go up to his bedroom and take one for the team? And Jen's like, and Jen says to her confessor, like, these were obviously jokes at the time. Like, I didn't take them seriously. They're just jokes. It doesn't mean that she, like, I, you know, is cheating on Eddie or has an issue with Eddie. But don't come now and act and then be like, you know, well, Ryan said this comment. Because I can pull up however many fucking comments you said about him as well. Yeah, because I can, I can imagine a world in which he jokingly walked in to cut the first time and goes, Ooh, I'm going to fuck her. He seems like that kind of guy where he thinks it's a joke. Like, like if, if, the, if the whole sin, Jen Jen says she doesn't believe it. Yeah. And I Ryan's mean, maintaining. He never said, I don't it. necessarily either considering the source. Sure. And apparently we will get more from that source in next week's episode. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. I think, um, Shannon is talking about like, you know, you know, because Tamara's like, imagine if I told, if I, you know, knew about David stuff and blah, blah, blah. And Shannon's like, well, I look about it like with the John stuff, like it would be really terrible to like, and like gets emotional about it. And in her confessional, she goes, Jen may be an idiot, but let her figure that out on her own. Yeah. Like, like at a certain point, like. Unless you, you have fucking concrete proof, shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. And I, so Tamara and Shannon go back into the restaurant and Tamara is just losing, like, like not in like a losing it anger way, but just like, sort of like, it's just saying the crazy, she's just goes, I saw his wiener and it was very small, like loudly. And Shannon goes, well, that's when it was limp. And then they got to the <laughs> sushi chef and just laughing. Uh, well, Jen then also, so Jen then says at the table, like, I don't even believe what she's saying that Ryan said. Like, I don't believe Ryan said that. And Heather's like, Tamara claims that, you know, that she has, she has heard that from more than one person. So that's, and that's what Tamara claims. 
Emily in her confessional goes, how many napkins have to smack you in the face before you say something negative about Tamara? Clearly more than one. And so now Tamara and Shannon are at the bar. And Tamara's like, I need a Xanax. Like just yelling this. And Shannon's face is like, oh my God, you're just yelling in this fucking bar. And then there's this guy next to them who's like, you know, cheers to, you know, whatever. <laughs> cheers to Xanax or something. And Tamara goes, I hope tonight you're getting some snatch. And they both take shots. And, Tam- and Shannon's like, he might be married. <laughs> he's like, are you married? <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's like, okay, well, Tamara, well, don't say he needs to get snatched. <laughs> <laughs> also, this this whole little bit at the bar with them reminded me of the, what was it, Mexico trip on Roni? Oh, very that. Where Ramona's like, take a Xanax. Calm, calm down. down. <laughs> it's one of my favorite memes. It's so good. Um, Emily basically then, so I don't even know how this transitioned because uh, Emily's like, well, Heather, you have a phony relationship with Tamara at the end of the day. <laughs> and Heather, Heather's like, my relationship isn't phony. And, he- and Emily goes, it's the fakest fucking thing I've ever seen. I sat across from you at Javier's with you all last year. And now you just flip like this. And it hurts my feelings. I was okay. Like, okay, Emily. <laughs> but also, like, because Emily's like, I think in her confessional says that she thinks Heather's afraid of Tamara. And I'm like, you all are. Like, yeah. like they're making the point. Like, was yes, was Heather not in like in a friendship relationship with Tamara before Tamara came back on this show, and it was kind of seamlessly in terms of coming back. Yes, but also the same thing can be said about you, Emily, and you, Gina. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, team uh, Tamara came back, and everybody else on the cast like immediately hit the ground bowing. Yeah, and Jen walks in without that prior context and all of that and it's like what the fuck are y'all doing yeah. <laughs> like what that's kind of where we are with this season so far and i just yeah gina then decides this is her time to bring up her issues with heather and basically she starts with like the whole like you know i was confiding in you in the bar in the um tra- trailer thing or whatever and then you just like sell me out to tamra afterwards which i did think was shitty on heather's part yeah. and like heather's like you know i apologize and i hear you you know sort of like heather this whole time is just apologizing she's yeah. just like copying to everything and apologizing tamra and shannon then come and sit back at the table and tamra goes tamra goes you know, trying to still compose herself, but goes like, Jen, I'm livid. I'm sorry for throwing the napkin, but I am fucking livid. And Shannon, well, Shannon's like, table it, table it. Like, Tamara, stop, table it. And Jen is like staring holes in Tamara. It's so good. It was so perfect. It was just like, oh, Jen has a ride. Like, Jen is not taking it anymore. I was here for it. Jen in her confession goes, this is bullshit. Take your napkin back, Tamara, and clean up your own mess. And then she throws the napkin at the camera. And it was perfectly aimed. It was well done. Uh, Gina then brings up, oh, this, this, like, Gina, bring up the, the whole, like, stuff in Montana, even to, even, the, maybe, the, even the Travis stuff to a certain extent, but, like, even though I think it was annoying, but she's like, you know, when I was at your house, and I told you that I was getting my real estate license, and then you were brought up Nikki, it's like, it's minimizing me comparing me to your 18-year-old, I'm like, oh, my God, Gina, like, like, she was just like, oh, my God, Nikki's also doing that. That's all it was. Like it was like any mother would yeah respond like that, that. That's called relating to the thing you're going through by sharing something that someone else is going through. Like yeah, it's like 
it's remember when Gina last episode was like, Oh, my friendships are easy. Like For you. Yeah. It's, eh, I don't think so. Um, then Gina brings up the Travis stuff. Heather's like, you know, I thought I was being helpful and I just took it too far. And, and again, just constantly keeps apologizing. Um, things sort of die down with everyone. Um, they're talking though and stuff. And then Heather gets like a text from Terry and then like puts her hand, hands in her mouth. And like, oh, Shannon, like, like, I don't, I just, Terry just texted me, but I don't know if, I, and Shannon's like about me. And like, but like, it, this was, this wasn't the right thing for Heather to do. Cause I, when Heather's like, oh, should I pull you? Whatever. Shannon starts freaking out. And Heather's like, no, your kids are fine. Your kids are fine. Like, like no one's died. Like, 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 because T- Shannon yeah. just thinks of the worst. And Heather, and she's like, it just came out that David's getting a divorce. And Shannon's like, oh, I already know that. Yeah. And, and also not only that, but like, like she tell, tells everyone. And Tamara's like, they filed on your anniversary. And Shannon's like, yeah, he filed on our anniversary. Isn't that funny? Like, And it's like the <laughs> biggest smile on her face. Shannon's like I had heard rumblings but you know but I like that she's like you know I even you know I don't even know if I wanted a divorce battle a nasty divorce battle to happen between them because that can end the end and they just hurt the kids financially because it's messy and stuff like that and David still is their father etc or whatever well and and didn't she say something about like her leaving the Paris trip that she was just on with him and the kids so like she left early from that trip. Clearly, Shannon's going to hear about it when her kids come home. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. But Shannon goes to call her girls to let them know that, I guess, they've broken the news or whatever. And she's mm-hmm. crying. But it's, Shannon, you know, it's more about her girls than anything. And I thought they were like, oh, my God, I can't believe David. Like, everyone at the table is like, I mean, that's crazy that David's divorcing. And then Taylor just goes, oh, my God, this black cod is the best ever. And Taylor's just like, <laughs> I am finally on a girl's uh, dinner where we can fucking eat. Like, I am just hungry. Like, fuck, <laughs> they don't feed us. It was so I good. I love Taylor. She, she don't give a fuck. <laughs> and then it's a big celebration moment because they get the Wagyu steak comes out. And they're like, we made it to the entree. We did better than last year. <laughs> And Heather's like, well, everyone eat fast. And they flambe the the steak and all that. Um, and that's the end of the episode. Really fun episode. Good. I, I, like, I'm excited for Heather Amin next. Uh, oh, and fucking Vicky next episode. Yes. Like, I, I'm pumped for that. Well, and whatever the Shannon thing is. Oh, yeah. Shannon being she's like. She's like yelling at a producer. And she's like, that cannot make it to air or my relationship's over. Well. Well. <laughs> It's over anyway, so we might as well air it, right? Yeah. I think Tamara said on her um, Instagram story, uh, I think, uh, that I think we're getting Vicky for at least five episodes. Oh, okay. So that'll be good. I'm I'm really excited about that. I am a little bit disappointed that the first time that we see Vicky is not screaming at the door the door of the hotel. <laughs> yeah, that's a jump scare. <laughs> but they're all. Uh, but I was like, okay, so they're all just at like a dinner drinking. The, the Trace Amigas. Perfect. This is exactly what I want. Yeah, this is exactly what we need. Yeah. So that was OC for this week. Really good stuff. All right. We got tops and bottoms for the week. What are we thinking? We got Drag Race. We got Atlanta. We have all of our new girls on New York. And we have Orange County. What are your thoughts? So many good stuff this week. A, re- a really good week overall. So many good stuff. So I can't, I can't language. I can't speech. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I speaking of New York, credit to everyone on New York. I think the, the cast around was amazing. I'm going to give my top to Bryn. 
Bryn was so, like, I was, I was so happy with her performance. Yeah. I, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see more like sort of her in-depth backstory of, yes. of, of all that stuff. We've heard like pieces and stuff like that from like media, but like, I'm really happy with like just her vibe. She, someone on, she said like someone on Twitter had called her like baby Sonia basically. And I kind of get that vibe. Yeah, as well. I do too. It's just like very flirty, very just fun and relaxed, but still dr- like, a shit, very much a shit star, uh-huh. but in a fun way. Like yeah. when Aaron said, "Like you can't stay mad at Bryn, you really can't." Like, yeah, you really can't. There's nothing that's like you know too egregious with her. I really, really appreciate um, that seeing a new character like her on this show. It what was, What was it on Watch What Happens Live that they were asking all those questions like who oh, on the yeah, cast, yeah. and like everybody pointed at Bryn, and she's like, "It's me." <laughs> What what was it? Was it was like the, who's the biggest flirt or something? Or oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, she's f- phenomenal. Like I I think it, it makes me very happy that they took a lot of time into the casting more than I thought yeah. they did when they first announced everybody. Like it's clear that they really put an effort into it. Well, so. and they're a pre-existing group of friends, so they already mesh. And like, I mean, not all of them were friends with each other, but everybody knew of everybody at the very least, right? And they all have connections with each other. So I, it was very well done. Yeah. Um, my bottom, I'm going to go to Atlanta. Um, I'm going to keep my bottom to Sheree. Well. Fuck, Sheree was terrible this episode. Like, like yeah. and Sh- when Sheree is, when Sheree is funny, she's funny. And like, so, like, but when she is like in the wrong, she is the worst. Like every time like Sheree's had like a bad season, she just d- doubles and triples down and just like, it's just really, it's almost sad. It's almost sad how she just like can't deliver an argument and just like crumbles and, but then just gets super defensive about everything. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, really bad. And I'm like, uh, maybe, maybe Sheree needs to be a friend of, cause mm. like, I, I just can't take it anymore. It's, it's yeah. And also like it, like as much as she criticizes people doing Candy's bidding like clearly she's got her minions and it's like oh yeah I don't need people reassuring her delusions and being like yeah no you're right it's like that's not what Sheree needs to hear no sorry what about you babe what are your tops and bottoms well um I honestly can't think of a bottom other than Sheree um so and it like was a every, really good week. It was a really good week. And, you know, everyone really just did so well. Like the whole New York cast is just like spot on. Like, even though we have like negative things happening on OC, like you still have characters who are acting as they should. Right. Like Emily is still spot stirring and like, Tamra is still causing drama and digging shit up. And, like, nobody is acting in a way that I wouldn't want them to. Right. So I can't find a negative there. Everyone was great on Drag Race, and I'm not going to drag Monica for doing her thing. <laughs> like, like, at the end of the day, she did well. I mean, like, I, it, it wasn't my thing, but, like, I'm not going to drag her for it. Right. So, like, I, I can't really find anybody else. Like I can always find someone amongst the amongst the three stooges, but I'm tired of yelling about Marlo and Sonya. I don't think was egregious enough. So I mean, forget it. We'll we'll let we'll let the baddies have just one baddie this week. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I want to give some props to Drew. Yeah. 
Um, Drew really stood her ground this week with with Sheree, and I was really impressed with the way that she handled that fight uh, in Portugal. And um, it was just it was a a little bit well not really out of character but like a new evolution for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she really is stepping into her own, and I really am starting to see. Oh, this is the girl that needs to be here. Yes. This is the girl that needs to be showing up every week. More of this, Drew, because this is a Drew that can hang with the likes of Kenya and Candy. Mm-hmm. And because before she wasn't really giving, but like this episode, bitch showed up. Oh, yeah. And um, like, I, I just want to really acknowledge that because it's not, unfortunately, it's not something we get super often from Drew, but like this, this is good shit. Mm. More of this shit. Oh, for sure. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.